Hello everyone and welcome back to Rain on Your Parade. Today we're going to be talking about the next episode of Stranger Things and I have been re-watching it with my parents like and we're on season four already. Like we're getting ready to finish season four already. It hasn't taken long um, and I realized just how fast you can watch that show um, when you're not podcasting about it. And I know these are taking me, like, so long to do, but, you know, I want to be thorough. And also, I've got a lot of stuff going on. Actually, I've been writing like crazy. Um, just my fan, my fan fiction, Stranger Things, um, which is, you know, not that productive. But anyway, <clears throat> this is going to be Chapter 8, The Mind Flayer. But we're almost done with season two. We only got this and the gate for season two. And season three, I'm going to hopefully get done quicker. Um, you know. You know. So, <laughs> the Mind Flayer. We're going to be talking about the Mind Flayer. The episode, the Mind Flayer and the creature. Or whatever. And um, I just can't wait to get done. Not because I want to be finished, because this is actually fun, but um, just because I want to talk about current theories I have about what's going to happen. I want to be done with season four by the time season five comes out, and i got to haul butt. <laughs> i got to go a lot faster than this if we're going to get that done, because they're already um, filming it. Filming season five. They just started filming it. And... um. <clears throat> Which is going to be a little while, but, you know, how slow I'm going. But then again, I did have to take a hiatus. Um, it hasn't been a month since I've put up a podcast, um, but um, it has been a while since I've... It's been over a month, I think, since I did the last Stranger Things podcast. I did my Barbie review on the 4th, so... Excuse me. <laughs> and, um, yeah, what have I been watching? I watched Tenth Kingdom all the way through. Um, what else? I haven't been watching anything else. I literally have not because nothing's out. Everything's taken a while to come out because of the writer's strike, which was a good thing to happen. So, you know, I'm glad everybody, you know, I'm glad writers are getting paid more because I am one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not in the guild. I'm not in the screenwriters guild, but I'm a novel writer, so you know. But still, just I don't like the devaluing of art. I don't like AI. I've probably discussed that on this podcast already. Um, <clears throat> and a win for any artist is a win for all artists, in my opinion. And I, <laughs> oh no, I'm not gonna get on that topic. I, I usually when my openings, I have like other topics to discuss, but I really don't except for this one thing that I've been thinking about. And it's like, if I try to talk about it with anybody, they're going to think I'm a bat. Like, they're going to think I'm complaining. But I'm I really just try to figure things out. You know what I mean? It's like, why do I have such a disdain for... It's, it's like anything. Why do people have a disdain for the arts? I obviously don't, because I'm an artist. But, like, not only do I try to figure out why other people have a disdain for certain things, 
but I try to figure out why I do because I want to know, you know, like I want to therapize myself. Like I like to give myself therapy and figure out what is the source of me hating this. Like, okay. And some things are justified. Like I don't like MLMs and I don't mean, I mean, you try to search for MLMs on like Tumblr to see if other people are talking about those pyramid schemes. <laughs> Tumblr does not show you those kind of MLMs. <laughs> That's not what they mean. Um, on there. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it any more than that. But when I say MLM, I mean multi-level marketing schemes. And those, I think I'm justified in not liking them because they are scams and they hurt people. And also they're just annoying when people try to get, hey, hun, do you want to join? No. Like, bitch, leave me alone. Like, how come all the girls that bullied other girls in high school are like selling Avon or whatever? Or whatever's in to sell now. You know what I mean? And it's like, y'all are all being scammed. But, like, everybody does it. So, it's like, it's, and it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. There's, like, a certain set of things that I don't like. And I feel like a pick-me or something. Because I'm always, like, thinking, like, I am not like other women. I am not like other women. Because I don't like all the things I'm supposed to like. I don't like all the things other... But I just genuinely don't like them. <laughs> and I have reasons. You know what I mean? Like, things that are scams. Like, honestly, you know... I... See, and I can't talk about it because then people will get offended. Because, it's like, a lot of people like a lot of things that I genuinely dislike for actual reasons. You know, because of, you know, capitalism and scams. Like, that's just a way to get you to spend money. And, you know, those are the reasons. I'm not trying to be, like, a pick-me. And, like, I'm not like other girls. I literally don't like things that are scams. And, like, the expectation on me to also like those things. I don't like that. And that's where I think a lot of pick-me's come from. But not not real pick I mean, there are pick-me's out there. People that act like Serena Joy. But, like... I think the whole, like I talk about it with the Barbie thing, where girls grow up and they, they hate pink for a while because they know they're supposed to like pink and they're rebelling against gender conformity. And I think that's where a lot of pick-me attitudes come from. I'm not like other girls doesn't actually mean, it doesn't stem from girls hating other girls. They hate the expectation on themselves to perform gender roles. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I understand. And I understand that. that. That's like an understandable thing. And so that's why it's like, should I be hard on pick-me's or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and then you have pick-me's that are genuinely pick-me's because they literally are like trying to be, you know what I mean? Like that Pearl, what's her name on the internet? Like putting down other girls for things. And I'm not here for that. But I'm saying like when girls go through phases of like... <clears throat> hating girly things as a way to rebel against, you know, the expectation on them to perform their gender roles, you know? And so it's like, well, you know, <clears throat> I think it, a lot of it, a lot of people <clears throat> who've been accused of being a pick me for hating girly things are actually just girls who are, tr are unaware that they're actually just trying to fight against gender conformity. And, you know, gender roles like that. And I 
completely understand that sentiment because I feel like that. And that's why I think that I have such a disdain for certain things that I'm expected to like as an adult woman instead of, a, you know, when I was a teenager, it was like, you have to like this and that and the other. But like those things change, you know, at different ages. So now it's like, you have to like MLMs and you have to like this and you have to like that. And it's like, I'm not going to. And then, <clears throat> you know, if you do occasionally dabble in something that that fits with your gender expectations of what your gender is supposed to be doing at your age, and people praise you for it, then you get mad and rebel against it. It's like, well, I'm never baking again. Because <laughs> it's like, I have other things I have interested. Like, I could spend hours, you know, well, I usually don't spend hours on a painting, but I can make a paint. I have a painting that I painted that's in an, hanging in an actual art museum, and it's no big deal. But if I bake some cookies, oh, you better believe I'm going to get a bunch of likes about that because... <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to be doing is baking or getting married and popping out kids and, you know, <laughs> performing my gender. And, you know, it just kind of frustrates me. <clears throat> so when anybody tries to force me into that kind of stuff, I don't dislike my gender. I don't even like dislike the, yeah, my house is pink. I live in a pink house with pink furniture. So I'm not, you know, I'm totally into Barbie. I'm Elle Woods, you know what I mean? Like, I'm totally into femininity. I don't have a disdain for femininity at all. But I, what I do have a disdain for is trying to force people to do things they don't even like because that's what, you know, if I actually like the things, like, I do kind of enjoy baking and I did it for, uh, I, I will do it for fun. But, like, after having been in an abusive relationship where I was flat out told that I had to only do things like bake or knit, which I've never knitted in my life. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Um, I wasn't allowed, I was told I wasn't allowed to do any art. I never actually listened to him about any of it. I was told a lot of things that was going to be expected of me as his wife or whatever. Like <laughs> baking's okay because he can eat that. Or knitting is okay because I can knit him things. Everything that benefited him, basically, I was allowed to do. And not things that got me attention on my own as an individual human being. I was expected to be just a shadow of a person that was just a reflection of him. And everything I did had to benefit him in some way or else I wasn't allowed to do it. I mean, this was admitted to me <laughs> that this was going to be my life. And I never listened to anything that... He, he told me to do but like I did bake at the time I started doing that on my own for fun and he was really happy about it but then after we broke up I was just like I couldn't even bring myself to do it anymore just out of like rebellion you know what I mean just out of like it reminded me of, of him saying I had to and so I was like well I hate this now thanks for ruining something I actually enjoyed baking I definitely I don't see I I could see me doing that if I had a stove. Like, I live in a tiny house, so I don't have an oven. I don't mind baking, but I can't afford to, and I never ate any. I don't like cake, and I, I mainly baked cupcakes, so, like, I don't like cake. So, like, everything went to waste unless I sold them, and I was selling them at the time, you know. I was selling cupcakes or baking them for friends or whatever, but, like, 
I don't eat them, so <laughs> baking would be a waste of time for me because they're going to go to waste. And it's too expensive to buy all the ingredients. But I do enjoy baking, but like... And I don't think it's something that's like a huge scam that everybody should be ashamed of even doing. <laughs> you know, like some other things. And even things that I can't... But there's this one thing that like I know is an expectation for people. And I'm trying to figure out why it's an expectation for people and why I have such a disdain for it. And I just, I just, and part of it, I mean, there's several reasons, but I'm just trying to figure it out for myself without talking about it to a bunch of people. Because the minute I do, people are going to be like, well, I like that. I like that. And you're mean to me personally, because you don't like the same thing I do. And everybody takes such offense when you don't enjoy the same things. as them, <laughs> And so you can't even talk about it. But I just want to understand it because that's how I am about everything in the world. <clears throat> and I, it fills me with like, and it's weird though, because when I think about people trying to force me into doing things, certain things, it fills me with this like, like anger. I'm not doing that, you know, like, <laughs> and angry. And so I'm like, what is that about? I'm trying to analyze myself here, you know, and you know, I'm not trying to say, you're stupid for liking that. I'm trying to say, why does that make me feel this way? I'm trying to figure my own self out. I'm not trying to put anybody else down for liking crap. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what I'm, you know. And so, I mean, and I know why when it comes to a lot of things, but there's a few things that I'm just like, why does that make me so mad when people try to get me to do it? And I think it's, a two-parter. I think it's several different things stemming from several different things. But anyway, <laughs> I try to be my own therapist. My therapist told me that I should do that, that I was insightful enough to do that. And I'm like, great. So what you're saying is, if I can't help me, I probably can't be helped. And so <laughs> I should have helped myself by now is what you're saying. It sounds like good news and a, and a compliment, but it's actually just, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> That's basically what that's about. Oh, man. Anyway, this is not therapy. This is a podcast. <laughs> it's kind of both, isn't it? Um, we talk about a lot of mental health things on this, you know, thing. And um, anyway... So, the Mind Flayer. I'm going to actually... It's hard to... Uh... It's hard to uh, find... That's going to be a hard... Oh my gosh! Uh... <sighs> Season 2, Episode 8. Try to find some episode art for this podcast. Um, so yeah, we've been watching season four of this. And other than that, I haven't really been watching much of anything. And um, I just wanted to do my little short opening here and get this started. So I can have it all ready for me to record and add to and blah, blah, blah when I start watching the episode. And also, I've never recorded an episode like this. Um, 
I don't think I can. I think I can record the opening. I'm recording from my laptop. And um, I don't think that's going to work while I'm watching the episode. Because I watched the episode on my laptop. And also I like to pause. So I'm going to get the episode started. And then add to it from my phone, I guess. <laughs> I just realized that I need to do that. But anyway. I just wanted to get the opening started and then um get into all that and find the episode art set it all up on my laptop because I have to do all that on my laptop which I don't usually do the descriptions until after I watch the episode because usually I like to have the episode fresh in my memory when I write the descriptions so I can actually like and I'm loving like I went back and read some of the descriptions of my episodes and you don't read the details and descriptions of these episodes. Go read them because some of them are freaking hilarious. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> I mean, I personally find myself pretty funny. Especially the last one, The Lost Sister, when I said Elle went and found the island of misfit toys. I was cracking up reading that. Um, <laughs> I cracked myself up. At least I'm laughing at myself. At least I find myself funny. One person at least thinks I'm funny and it's me. Um, Anyway, so next I'm going to be going to the IMBD, looking at trivia, talking about who wrote and directed the episode and all that, but you'll hear that when I switch over to my phone and start actually watching the episode. So yeah, here we go. Get ready for all that fun. I can't even remember what my intro all said. I can't remember what all said in my intro, but um, I have watched Love and Monsters on Netflix, and that was pretty cool. But right now I'm thinking about, <clears throat> and I'm not doing that one for Valentine's Day, but Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm really getting slow on getting these podcasts out. I'm just, I, I got out of the habit, and now I'm like so slow about it. I'm so sorry. But um, anyway... What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. It's the 5th of February as I record this. And, you know, it'll be close to Valentine's Day when I post this. But, like, I was thinking about doing um, a movie for Valentine's Day. Um, since I'm available to do that. And I don't have a boyfriend. So my date will be... Oh, my gosh. And this is going to be so special if I do this. Yes, I definitely want to. But, like, I was thinking about doing um, Son-in-Law. For Valentine's Day, because, yeah, it's a Thanksgiving movie in essence, but it's also a romance, so it's it's not a romance romance, but, you know, it's about that. And so, like, um, <clears throat> and then uh, I wanted to watch it for Thanksgiving, but it was not available anywhere to watch, and um, that sucked, but then... My dad found it on YouTube to watch free with ads. So, like, we watched it after Valentine's Day. Or, no, I mean, it was after Thanksgiving. But, anyway, um, yeah, I've I'm, I'm, I'm been obsessed with son-in-law forever. So, I was thinking about doing that for Valentine's Day. Because I kind of wanted to do it, like, just anyway. But, um, I didn't have anything to do for Valentine's Day, so... Oh, no, not, it's not a Galentine's Day movie, though. Last year I did Galentine's Day. Well, actually, okay, well, actually, Girls Girl, I, yeah, I mean, there's something in there that I kind of want 
talk about. But, um, I mean, it's, there's some stuff to talk about in it, you know what I'm saying? Some real stuff. So, like, um, I was wanting to do that really bad, and then I was, like, I saw that, um, Crybaby was also available, and, like, look, I know, I know, okay? Like, we've had discussions, I've discussed Johnny Depp on this, but, like, that movie is so freaking good. (laughs) It's so corny and cheesy and stupid, but it's also supposed to be, so, like, is doing its job in being that cheesy. I mean, it's a parody, basically, um, of that type of movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, they know, it's a joke, it's a parody movie, it's not taking itself seriously, and I freaking love it, I love the actress that plays Allison, she was actually also played Chaz's girlfriend in, um, Airheads, which I also watched recently, because I've been into, like, you know, the 90s, the movies, even the movies that weren't, like, fantastic, like, Oscar winner type movies, were freaking good movies, like, um, son-in-law and i mean even the bad like people are like polly shore sucks even like Cher from clueless is like there's no meaning in a polly shore movie and it's like but like polly shore like was the guy that was like kind of the joke that everybody was like he sucks but like when you go back and watch it it's like he doesn't even suck (laughs) like he's actually like he's not even that bad like he he's not that annoying he's he's like you know, when you say somebody sucks now, they truly do suck. He's just not, like, serious all the time. You know what I mean? He does kind of play the same character in every movie, and that's why people like him. You know, they they want that, you know? But, like, I like Polly Shore. Like, if anything is my guilty pleasure, it's Polly Shore movies. <laughs> I love Polly Shore. I loved him so much. But, like, he didn't even really suck. You know what I mean? Like, he's actually fun to watch he's likable you know what I mean he's not that annoying he's cute like there's just you know whatever but like anyway um since he's pretty awesome and Johnny Depp kind of sucks as a person I think I'm not (laughs) but there's more meaning for me with um I mean I love crybaby still I'm actually wear a sweater like constantly that's like got his face on it that's crybaby but crybaby walker is not Johnny Depp that's a character (laughs) it's not crybaby's fault crybaby would never do the things that Johnny did okay (laughs) oh we can't blame his characters for that and like I said, I can't say for sure. Like, I'm still on the fence. I'm still on the fence. Like, he's iffy to me. Of course, he's iffy to me. I'm not going to buckle down and be like, he's awesome. I don't care. Like, no, I don't know the facts. I, I just can't. I can't make a decision <laughs> because I don't know. I wasn't there. And like, <clears throat> I'm not going to defend him just because I will. Like, he was literally my favorite actor growing up. Like, I would watch anything with Johnny Depp in it. Even things that really sucked like Don Juan DeMarco which actually you know it's whatever but like Vinny and June was like my favorite movie and I loved What's Eating Gilbert Grape like I love his movies like that his older movies and like the ones that weren't all like blockbuster hits or whatever which he didn't really do that kind of thing but that's why I liked him and plus he was so beautiful but not in like he looked like he was not like toxically masculine you know what I mean like he was soft he was feminine he was pretty and, and Edward's is their hands. I mean, good gracious, you know. But um, anyway, yeah, I loved Crybaby. I love Crybaby. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't. But like, um, son-in-law has a special meaning for me because like, me and my best friend watched it as like our first date, <laughs> and uh, because it was on TV at the same time. I mean, it was just there's just this big thing. 
I'll get into it when I do the podcast, but I think I'm going to do Son-in-Law for Valentine's Day, even though it's a Thanksgiving movie. I know, I know, I know it is. Like, they're coming home for Thanksgiving break. He even wears, like, a pilgrim hat or whatever. But, like, there's stuff to talk about. And freaking, like, Cara Gugino, Clara, Clara, can I ever pronounce her name? Clara Gugino is, like, the one. She's, like, every time I see her, I'm, like, yes, this is going to be, like, I can watch her in anything. Like, Son-in-Law is the first one where I was, like, this girl is so pretty, and she's so cool, you know, like, I had a girl crush on her, and I was, like, she's so freaking cool, you know, and, like, Clara's just, it's Clara, right? Clara Gugino. Uh, Haunting of Hill House, she nailed it. Uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, she nailed it. Uh, Gerald's Game, she nailed it. Like, there's nothing this girl does not, and, like, serious, serious, like, on, on, son-in-law she's like the most beautiful girl on the earth and then like you watch her in her most recent thing which is like the fall of the house of usher and she's like gorgeous you're like that woman is amazing she's so gorgeous and it's not just about looks but like she has this certain look about her that's just like you know she's a sweetheart and but also she just got this pull about her and i i just love her so much she was just like she was just so fantastic in the in the Haunting of Hill House, especially where she played the. Wit- I mean, she was just well. She was basically the Raven in the Fall of the House of Usher, so it's like you get the like big role, you know. <clears throat> She's just great. She's just always great. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's ageless. She's gorgeous. She's talented. She's everything. And my girl crush on her started with son-in-law. And every time I see her in something else, I'm like, Rebecca! <laughs> Becca! <laughs> you know, it's just like, <clears throat> I remember her from my childhood and being like, you know, a little kid. And she's like this cool teenager going off to college and getting blonde hair and a tattoo. And she's so cool, you know. <clears throat> and she's like, you know, and she meets Polly Shore's character. It's, it's just like, you know, she's one of those... And, like, Tiffany Amber Thiessen is in that movie, which she's amazing. Like, there's a lot of good stuff in there. The dude from, that little boy from um, The Sandlot, you know, who I'm talking about. can't remember his name in real life. Anyway, it's just packed full of, like, good actors. And, like, I don't care. I love Polly Shore. I don't care. I don't care what he bases. You know? He, he, Polly Shore is, like, the Jay before Jay and Silent Bob existed. You know what I mean? Like Jay had his own character. And I like characters like that. I I mean, I'm okay with them. Some people are like, oh, they're the same character in every movie. But it's like, people like Jay from Jay and Silent Bob or Jay and Silent Bob themselves, you know, as characters. Or Polly Shore in every movie, almost. I mean, he's not always the same character, but he's close in a lot of them. You know, this, the weasel, you know, his weasel character, his personality, that's what he called it, the weasel, you know, that's his, you know, munching on some groundage and stuff. That's so embarrassing. And like, <laughs> no, it's not cool. It's stupid, but it's fun, you know. <clears throat> he was just being fun and it worked for him. He was cute. It was fine. Everybody loved it. It got him paid. It got him famous. <laughs> it was whatever. And, you know, Encino Man and Brendan Fraser makes an appearance in Son-in-Law. I mean, it's just, there's a lot. There's a lot of fun stuff. And there's also some, like, stuff that there is to talk about. It's like, hey, you know, 
like actual stuff like meaningful stuff things that are like um and i like how the movie treats a certain character that i'm not gonna go into right now but anyway it's like this is kind of fair for a 90s movie and this happens and then they're like you know we're saying that this part you know we're not doing that whole route where like this person is the villain you know it's like oh my gosh this is progressive in a way like just in a way and so like i mean it's not that bad it's not that problematic at all i mean like is it at all like crawl is his name and like he kind of hits on people but it's it's more it's not really creepy when he does it because he's he's kind of just being silly you know what i'm saying we'll get into all that later because this is about stranger things so anyway (coughs) okay yeah so for valentine's day i'm be done son-in-law and then for today <clears throat> I'm gonna try to get through Stranger Things and I did do a rewatch of the whole entire thing so it's like harder where was that even at <laughs> doing this podcast baby okay and I've just been oh my gosh I've been completely wrapped up in my fanfiction like it's like um yeah girl girl no <laughs> we're almost at the end of um season two and then i'll take a break after the season but not really i might do some movies or something before season three before i podcast about season three but i'm trying to get through there because we don't have i mean they're already filming season five and that's the last one and sure you know it's the last one but i kind of want to catch up to season five before it comes out you know what i'm saying i want to do three and four before that comes out And then, you know, do five after, right after it comes out. So it's fresh, you know, and, um, because <clears throat> I'm going to want to talk about it anyway. But anyway, this is called Chapter 8, The Mind Flare. Oh, yeah, and we got to do our little trivia. Let's go to IMBD. Uh, Stranger Things. Strangers on a Train. No, that's not it. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 8. <clears throat> And this is the penultimate episode, so there's only one more after this for the season's up. There's the Aeon BD. We gotta go to see who, you know, I like to do this and give credit where credit is due, you know. Um, directed by Matt and Ross Duffer, writers Matt and Ross Duffer, and Jesse Nick- Nixon L- Lopez. <clears throat> Jesse Nixon Lopez. All right. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Stars the usual. Winona Ryder, David Harbour, and Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> that's who's like the first on the list. Okay. I mean, that's fine. It's just whatever, you know. Um, <clears throat> I guess Mike was, is like sort of a main character type. What are we doing? What are we doing here? The trivia. <clears throat> I like this. Okay. Dacre Montgomery lobbied the Duffer brothers. This is the trivia. Dacre Montgomery, and that's how you say his name if you ever see Billy that plays Billy. Um, <clears throat> his, uh, the actor's name is Dacre Montgomery. If you ever see his name, it looks, you, you it's, it looks like it's hard to pronounce, but it's just Dacre. It runs with Acre. <clears throat> anyway, he's cute as heck in real life, honestly. He's a sweetheart, probably. I mean, I don't know him, but he seems very sweet. In real life, Billy sucks, but we all know that. Anyway, Dacre Montgomery lobbied the Duffer brothers for the scene between Billy and his father, Neil Hargrove, saying 
I can't just play bad because nobody's just bad. Well, that's true. The title refers to a species of very powerful creatures in Dungeons and Dragons. Mind players come from the same mythos as Chulo and are tentacle-faced beings who can suck the minds out of their victims as a form of sustenance. Originally titled The Brain. Hmm. And Bob the Brain, too, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that would, I mean, that would have been a great episode titled The Brain. It could refer to the Mind Flayer and Bob, you know? But anyway, I kind of would have preferred that. Um, the episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama Series, One Hour. Mm. Dustin's example for skin shedding is Hornworm. While hookworms, tapeworms, and pinworms and flatworms are nasty intestinal parasites, hornworms are caterpillars of the hawk moss. Dustin might have thought that cr- of that critter before any other over 800,000 species of critters on Earth that molt because of the lost and forgotten yurtle. Hornworms are raised and sold in pet stores as turtle and lizard food. Okay. <laughs> Alright. This episode takes place from November 4th to November 5th, 1984. Ironically, although it's the episode's title, The Mind Flayer, the name the kids have given the shadow monster, does not appear in this episode. Both Winona Ryder and Paul Rosser have been involved in the Aliens franchise. Okay. <laughs> At 1301, Hollywood cliche number 12, the more times the switch is flipped, the greater the chance of it activating its device. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what they're talking about. I'd have to go to the 13-minute mark. Bob the Brain Newbie was always going to die. Hmm. The writers revealed their initial plan was to have Bob killed somewhere around the third episode by Evil Will, who had been who has been possessed by the Mind Flayer Shadow Monster. However, they kept delaying their plans because they loved working with Sean Astin so much. Astin insists... Insisted he didn't care when Bob was killed as long as he was given a heroic death. Oh, The first time Mike, Dustin, and Lucas have seen Eleven since Chapter 8, the Upside Down. We're given... Some, oh, these are spoilers. <laughs> the scenes of Bob going to reset the breakers and reboot the system appear to be a nod to Jurassic Park. That's what I said! Did I not say that? Did I not say the show nods to Jurassic Park? And I also said that while we were watching it. I was watching this with Mom, Mom and Dad, and like I said that. I was like, this is Jurassic Park. <clears throat> in the final scene, the group members find themselves trapped inside the buyer's house, threatened by demodogs until a strange noise outside suggests someone's erupt. Alien resurrection is a nod to that. I'm not going to go into the spoiler of that. There's an homage to aliens. Okay. So let's get into the episode, I guess. We're coming back. Remember last time we were... Um, Oh, this is this is a stressful freaking episode. So <laughs> just um ugh, it'll be hard to watch. Okay. <clears throat> so we last left off with the lost sister. Eleven was in Chicago. We didn't see any of our people except for like an Eleven's Mon Void thing. Um so yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the episode. I've also been doing something really stupid, but I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> so freaking stupid. Okay. So Hopper's watching into this um, gate, the whole, you know, you know what I'm talking about. 
and this demo dog like comes out. Yep, this is bad news. This is bad news. They're all coming out of here and they're all like getting in the lab and they're pretty nasty. Paul Rouser's pretty upset about that. Oh, we got another one of these. Finn Wolfhard is Oh, so returning the alarm, Mike tells Joyce they're under attack. He knows what's up. He knows about the spa, you know what I'm saying? The demodogs break through the glass, and then some bad stuff happens. <laughs> bad stuff happens, guys. Come on, now. What, what, my phone is... <laughs> Noah Snap acting his heart out right there. Okay, so, like, Hopper and... Dr. Owens run up the stairs when these things attack, and the rest of the people go to try to go to the elevator. And honestly, I'm like, wait a minute, that's that, that's the first time I even noticed that they did that, and that is way smarter. <laughs> that is actually a good idea, because like honestly, you don't have to wait for the freaking elevator. Like, go to the freaking stairs. Yeah, that, that is a better idea, and it did work for them. Anyway, <clears throat> Mike goes into Will's room and tells Joyce, "We have to put Will to sleep because he's a spy, and he he'll he'll tell the mind flyer where we are." And Will, as you heard, was going, he's lying, he's lying. And like, Noah Snap acting his heart out this season. Um, he, he did such a good job this season. And we haven't even got started on like his, I mean, he did that seizure thing. He, he, he's, he's doing all this. It's, he's, he's doing it. There's a lot of scenes at the beginning of this episode that are very um, action packed. So there's not as much, there's a lot more going on, but there's not as much for me to say. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, let's get back to it. Mike is the MVP of this season. I do not care. So, like, she goes, <laughs> Mike's Hari told her to do that. And and she takes Will and he's like, he's lying, he's lying. And she's like, look at me, look at me. Can you tell me who I am? And Will looks at her and he, like, hesitates for a long time. And he's like, your mom. And she's like, hold him down. And, like, Bob has to hold him down. And she takes the needle and she, like, jabs it in his arm. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then, like, He's screaming, and, like, Mike is standing there holding his, his ears, and that is such a good move. I, I almost know Finn, like, improvised that, holding his ears because Will was screaming, and he looks so traumatized by this. That is so realistic. That is so realistic for a little kid and seeing their friend go through this. Like, that is top-notch. Top-notch acting from Finn Wolfhard right there. I freaking love him. Okay. So, <laughs> it's just such a moment where him holding his ears is one of those little things that really means a lot. And, like, his expression on his face is so perfect. Because that's exactly what would, you know, that is so exactly perfect. So, anyway. Hopper and Owens burst in the room and, like, there's gunshots going off. And Bob is like, is that gunshots? Is those real gunshots? And it's like, where do you think you are, Bob? Thank you for entering the plot. I'm sorry, but, like, come on. <laughs> we we got to get used to all the danger here because you are in a lot of it. Especially you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So Hopper and Owens burst in, and Hopper picks up his son. I mean, Hopper picks up Will, because <laughs> he is the true daddy here. He is the ultimate daddy. He is daddy, okay? Anyway, and I don't just mean that because I think he saw it. I mean, he he is truly, because Bob is helpful and trying to be a stepdad to Jonathan and Will and blah, blah, blah. But, like, when it comes down to it, Hopper acts like his actual parent. Like, you know, we talked about that in an earlier episode but there's just a lot of moments, a lot of little things in season one and two. Like, Hopper had a moment with Jonathan in season one where he's like, your mom's strong and blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. 
and then you know this with will and even owen's like pop <laughs> he calls him pop to him he knows he's not his daddy just like you know t- i don't even know why he said that it's just very f- fitting it feels right anyway hopper burst in the room and she he's like we gotta go and she, he just picks up Will and takes him. He just picks him up and takes him and he carries him because he is his true father. I'm sorry, but he is. <laughs> like, that's just the true thing. It just is, okay? And it feels right and it is right. And it doesn't matter. Like, he's just... And honestly, <clears throat> yes, I do ship Hopper and Joyce. I have since season one. But it's not just that. Okay, it's not just them two being together. Hopper is the true dad of all these children. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, Hopper is their true dad. And, like, yeah, Jonathan's kind of Will's dad. Like, I mean, he's his older brother, obviously. But, like, he had to parent him, too. But, like, you know, I'm not even trying to say... Ted sucks. Ted Wheeler sucks, yes. Um, Eleven's parent... Dad we're not sure what's going on there. I already talked about Andrew Rich, you know, and all that. But, like, Hopper's her true dad now. Andrew Rich might have died or, you know, whatever might be happening in season five and we find out about with uh, certain people. But anyway, <clears throat> which I'm, I'm theoretic. I'm, my theory is yes. But anyway. And, and that doesn't even discount Andrew Rich. It's like, oh, yeah, Terry was dating him. You know, like, she assumes that's the father because who else would it be? And she might not even know that this, um, whatever. But anyway. And Dustin's dad left. Uh, Lucas's dad is cool. I mean, he seems pretty cool, so I'm not trying to, like, disparage him, because he seems actually like the only other... He's like, out of all the boys' parents, like, <laughs> Lucas's dad is the only one that seems like he's not a piece of crap. I mean, I don't know Dustin's dad. They don't show him, but he did leave, so I don't know what the heck that's about. But, um... Dustin seems fatherless, you know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, where, where where is he? Uh, he's absent, so, you know, that's bad enough. Uh, Ted sucks. Um, Eleven's got terrible daddy issues, uh, but Hopper's her dad anyway. Like, he's her actual dad, le- legally. And um, <clears throat> Lonnie freaking sucks, obviously. So Charles Sinclair is, like, the only one that doesn't suck. But he's also just not around for all this kind of stuff. So in these situations, for all of them, Hopper is everyone's dad. <laughs> so he is truly daddy. Okay? Hopper is all these kids' dad. He just is. He's all their dads. Even Steve. Steve has a dad that sucks. He can be Steve's dad, too. So, yeah. <laughs> all the dads in this show suck, except for Charles Sinclair and Hopper. So Hopper's just going to adopt all of them. And uh, But mostly Will and Jonathan, because you know of Joyce. But also with the rest of them, too. Because he is kind of fatherly towards all of them. Dustin, Mike, you know, a lot of Mike, too, because of, you know, Eleven and that connection. He's his, like, father-in-law and, and, and like, a, she's his girlfriend kind of way, you know. But anyway, here's True Daddy picking up his son and carrying him out. And I'm like, Bob didn't pick him up and carry him. Hopper just instantly does things like this because he is just... He just, inst- he just instinctually is his father. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, he is his true dad. Like, I'm sorry, but he is. Like, Bob's trying, and I'm not trying to say he sucks or anything, because he totally is awesome, but, like, Hopper is true daddy here. <laughs> the truest daddy of this entire show is Hopper. He's the daddy of the show. <laughs> and I will call him daddy any day of the week. He's married in real life. He's married in real life. I'm respecting that, but he is hot. 
I mean, and Lily knows that. His wife knows that. So <laughs> I'm sure she knows it better than anybody. But he is just awesome. And I love David Harbour and I'll, and Hopper. And um, Hopper's single in the show, so that's allowed. He's the character is single. I'm allowed. <laughs> oh, man. And <laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, okay, let's just. And I want to hear, you know, when we get into season three, I'm going to tell you all, like, you know, dad bod, whatever. I don't care. Season one, two, three, four, and five. I know it's going to happen. Doesn't even matter to me. David Harbour is a just gorgeous man. He's a very handsome man. I don't care if he's a little overweight. I don't care if he's underweight. He looks good every season. Because some people were like, Oh, he looked bad in season three because he gained some weight, but he looks really good in season four. And I'm like, season four when he was starving to death? Something's wrong with y'all. Like, you know, he looked good, yeah, but <clears throat> no, he didn't look better. He looked good in a different way. He looked just as good in season three. I don't care if he's chubby in season three. He looked just as freaking good, okay? Give me Hopper in season three. I will take him. Like, y'all don't want him? I'll take him. Like, I don't care. Like, he could gain 30 more pounds than that, and he'd still be hot. Like, he is hot in his... He's just hot himself. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's not even... I mean, he looks good. He's definitely hot looking, but, like, it's not even just that. It's his attitude. It's everything. You know, it's the whole package. And that package can be any size, and it's still going to be a good package. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> anyway. And David Harbour, if you hear this, you look great. In every season. And anybody that says any different don't know what they're talking about. Because you look so freaking good in any size. And, you know, do what you want. Like, for your health or whatever. But, like, don't worry and about, you know, the way you look. It's because you look good. Like, you could be any size and you look great. Just saying. Just know that. <laughs> do you hear the passion in my voice? I mean this. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love him, though. He's a great actor. He seems to be a great person. He does a lot of, like, philanthropic things. Is that how you say it? it? He's just so smart. He's so kind, and he's just so great. Oh, and I've seen, like, some movie. We Have a Ghost. It's, oh, gosh, he did so good at that. He didn't even have to talk, and he nailed it. He didn't say a word through the whole movie, and he nailed it. He was the acting hero of that movie. He he nailed, He made me cry. He made me laugh. He made me feel so many things. He didn't say a freaking word, and he is the hottest and best Santa Claus. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done. I'm I I, I get too carried away like being excited about David Harbor, <laughs> and Hopper as a character as well is amazing. So anyway, I mean he's just good. He's just an action hero, but like not like too perfect you know what I mean he has rough edges which is so much better he's just a dude doing his best but he's really awesome okay <laughs> so let's 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 do let's go back to yeah 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 <laughs> I just get too excited I just get too excited Hopper's like you know Hopper's like what would we do without Stranger Things if I didn't know Hopper existed my life changed like I didn't even barely like him at first I mean like within I mean, I got to liking him within, like, 15 minutes, but, like, it didn't take long, but, like, at first I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this guy, and then it was, like, almost no time later, I'm like, I love this man. <laughs> anyway, anyway, let's get back to it. We don't, you know, this is not gush about David Harbour Day, or Hopper Day. <clears throat> I mean, every day is, really, but, you know, what more can I say? I mean, 
I, I'm just going to say all the, you, there's too many things that I could say that I just would take up too much time. So yeah, <laughs> let's watch daddy do his business. <laughs> that sounds bad. Okay. <sighs> title card. We're not even at the title card. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're just now at the title card. Oh my gosh. Really? Um, so... Hopper grabs Will, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about that for 30 minutes again, but <laughs> they go and try to run from the demo dogs, but they keep getting cornered. They duck into this room, and it happens to be the security room, which is convenient. And then Bob sees the security cameras and sees that the demo dogs have taken over the entire lab, and he's like, oh my gosh, and they're like, oh my gosh, and then the electric goes off and lights are off, and it's like, oh no, we're in a horror movie, or an action disaster movie, like Alien or some crap, or Jurassic Park. And, uh, that's pretty action-packed here for about 20 minutes. So I'm not sure how much I gotta say, unless I just talk about how hot Hopper is again. But we're not gonna try- we're gonna try not to do that. <laughs> so we go back and, like, there's this truck pulling in. It's Max's house. It's her mom, Susan. And, um, they come home and find out Max is gone. And Billy's in his room rubbing cologne on his private parts. For some reason. <laughs> he's just being like the ultimate douchebag. Uh, he winks at himself in the mirror like he's like, hey, I'm so hot. And I'm like, not with that porn stash, sweetheart. Like, Dacre is hot. Billy is not. And I don't just mean because Billy has a per bad personality. He does have a bad personality, but like, that's not the only thing. I don't like the mullet. I don't like the mess. I don't like the stash. I don't. His whole vibe is not my thing. I do not like it. No, you can still tell he's got those pretty eyelashes and those pretty eyes. Because Dacre is still Dacre, but, like, <laughs> he's just not doing it for me. He's not even cute. Like, looks-wise, he's not even cute as Billy. Um, He looks like a douche. And it's not just his personality, though. So I want to stress that. Like, he just does not look good like this. And, like, sorry, Dacre. I mean, Dacre is gorgeous. Like, out of this world gorgeous in real life. But, like, Billy is not cute. Billy's not cute. I hate the freaking mullet. I hate the freaking mullet. Thank goodness Billy... <laughs> Thank goodness Dacre doesn't have that mullet in real life because it would ruin everything. <laughs> Never do that, Dacre. I th I'm sure he knows. I'm sure he knows better. But Dacre's gorgeous, but freaking Billy is not. And and he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. His personality sucks. But I don't even like the way he looks, you know, as Billy. I don't like his whole aesthetic. It's just not even cute. Okay, anyway... <laughs> This is not what's my opinion about these men. Um, <laughs> that's my podcast. Is that really my podcast? It's not my YouTube video about which of the guys on Lost are the best looking or, you know, that thing I did. <laughs> if you happen to go on my YouTube and see that. Which of the guys from Lost would be the best in bed? That was what the whole thing was. And I ranked them from 15 to 1 and 1 being the best because there was about 15 main guy characters in Lost. No, I don't want to go. Somebody just messaged me. I'm not going. I'm not going. I don't want to deal with all that. But anyway. Um, okay. Let's get back to watching Billy get beat up. And then, okay, I kind of feel sorry for him here. But anyway. Neil is an even bigger jerk than Billy. But he's not. I mean, is he the real? Well, we'll get into more of that later. <laughs> Season three. <clears throat> so, his dad sucks. He's like, I'm sorry. But he sounds sincere. When he apologizes, he actually sounds sincere. He's, 
he's like defending himself, but his dad's like, so you've been staring at your mirror in your mirror, like some F word. And I don't mean the F word, like the cuss word. I mean, the F word, like the slur. And he's, he looks like a cop. Like he looks like a real cop. He just, oh gosh, Neil looks like a jerk. He just looks like a jerk. He sucks. He sucks. And Susan's just like scared. And I'm like, Susan, what? Why do you like this man? Like, why are you with this man? Like, I'm sorry. Like, okay, I know it's hard to leave abusive relationships. I don't know if he abuses her, but he definitely abuses Billy. And I don't, I'm not sure he abuses Max, but he definitely abuses Billy. But like, he sucks. He just sucks. Like, Billy sucks. And so does his dad. And that's all I have to say about that. His dad sucks worse than him, though. I'm, I'm sure that all the bad parts of Billy come from his dad. And anything good about Billy is from his mom. Because <laughs> this man sucks. I'm just saying. Like, it doesn't excuse Billy's behavior. But it does give us the reason that he sucks. He's It's transference. You know, uh, his dad is abusive to him. So he abuses Max. And, like, Max, you know, they're mad because he's, like, supposed to be watching Max. And she left. And he, you know... Yeah, so he's taking it out on Max that his dad's abusive, which is not an excuse. It's not like, you know, some people do act like it's an excuse and some people like Billy. They're like, oh, Billy's, you know, redeemable. And I'm like, no, I mean, eventually, yes, like everybody can be redeemed eventually. But like, he never got redeemed fully. No, like, I'm sorry, just didn't. And like, this is not an excuse. Like, he's not. It doesn't make it okay because he gets abused. Like, we're seeing the reason. And yes, Baker was kind of right. Like, nobody's all bad. And Billy's not, you know, not very good at all. But, like, he, it's, it's a reason. It's not an excuse, but it is a reason. It doesn't make it okay. It's just showing us how this kid got this way, you know. Um, he could choose to, you know. Because some people are like, I got abused as a kid and like, you know, I'm going to abuse my wife. And it's like, that doesn't make it okay, though. Like, you can choose not to. And some people go the opposite direction. You choose what you're doing, you know. So he's still choosing what he's doing. He's choosing how to handle this. He could choose to not follow in his dad's footsteps. He could choose to not abuse other people because, well, Jonathan is the opposing person here. Jonathan got abused by his dad. And he became tender and loving and caring and compassionate. You know what I mean? He did the total opposite of Lonnie. He's the total opposite of Lonnie. Like, Jonathan got abused by his father. Billy got abused by his father. They both dealt with it in totally opposite ways. Billy became abusive, you know, from being abused and decided to take it on and, like, become that. And Jonathan decided to, you know reject all that and be the opposite of that and be a sensitive caring man you know so be like jonathan <laughs> and not like billy because jonathan can fight you know what i'm saying but he chose to be loving and kind and caring and compassionate and like some people have things against jonathan and i'm not saying he's a perfect person he is kind of pretentious but he's very compassionate and he's especially good to his mom and his brother we can't say he's not good to his brother that you definitely can't say that he's he's very compassionate to will anyway <clears throat> like say all you want like he's kind of like he's definitely not abusive to nancy like he's definitely not abusive but he some people are like oh he's mean to nancy because he doesn't understand sexism blah 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 oh he does understand it he's, he's not 
uncaring about it. We'll get to that argument in season three, but like, I'm not, you know, but anyway, what I'm saying is he's not a misogynist. He's not abusive. He's, he's totally the opposite of that. He's sensitive and caring and, and, and is not ashamed to be feminine and is not ashamed to be sensitive. So he's handling his abuse in a totally opposite way because he chose to. Billy could also choose that, but he's not. So anyway, that's just who they are as people. You know, some people may, let them make, you know, let monsters turn them into monsters. And some people let monsters turn in, them into monster slayers. You know, like Eleven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the dichotomy between Eleven and Eight. Eight. Callie, you know, Callie let the monsters turn her into one by getting revenge. And, you know, with her, it's a little harder to be judgy about it because she did go through extreme trauma. She's not as bad as Billy. You know, she's not being mean to innocent people. She's caring to innocent people. But her revenge is, you know, it's not unjustified totally, you know what I'm saying? But, like, still... The way they're handling their trauma is Eleven's the hero, Eleven is a monster slayer, and Callie is a monster. Even though she's killing the monsters, she's also kind of a monster slayer, but those are people. Those are human people. Eleven doesn't do that to many human people unless it's, like, actual self-defense in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Which is totally different. It is totally different. I mean, Eleven decided to show mercy um, to people who are not a direct threat at that very moment, you know what I'm saying? And self-defense in the very moment, that is a totally different thing. I mean, we all know that, right? Like, she gets carried away and she defends herself, but she, she doesn't go hunting people down and killing them in their home with their kid in the room, you know what I'm saying? She has, you know, she has more standards. So, like, Callie would be like the Billy and, and Eleven would be like the Jonathan, so instead of letting the monsters turn them into monsters, Jonathan and Elle are letting the monsters turn them into monster slayers. Actual monsters. And Callie and Billy are letting the monsters turn them into monsters. Because I think Callie did let that happen to her. Even though she's not like Billy, she's not a terrible person. It's hard to judge her for getting revenge on those kind of people. But like, And I'm not judging her for it, because that's how she's dealing with her trauma. And it's hard to say that it's bad, like she's a bad person for it. But you get what I'm saying. You know, she's kind of handling it the opposite way as Eleven. In a way. I mean, they're more similar because Eleven will kill these people if she has to, but she's not going to go out and kill them in their home while they're just, you know, defenseless. And they're not bothering her, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's different. Anyway. I get so much crap out of this. Like, not crap, but like, these little moments even can, can spark these very long conversations <laughs> that's what this show is you know there's so much in here anyway he's like you need to apologize to susan and he does and she's like it's okay neil really and he's like no he needs to be responsible blah 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 and billy's crying so <laughs> it's kind of hard i mean he's got tears in his eyes you know and it's he's <laughs> it's he sucks yes i know i'm not saying it's excused but like this is sad <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't help but feel compassion for him, too, because this sucks for him. It just does, you know, and it's like, you it's just your protective nature is like, don't hit him again. He's a boy. I mean, he's he's a grown man, really, but, I mean, Billy is as big as Neil, but, like, 
he's not going to hit his dad back. You know what I'm saying? He's just not. And it's just, it's very sad regardless. And even Susan looks like she's like, gosh, this sucks. Like she does not like this either. <clears throat> it's just a volatile situation living with somebody like Neil. And um, I don't think he abuses Susan, but like Max said he was an a-hole. So maybe he's abusive to all of them, especially after, well, we're going to go there. But like, he sucks. But like, Susan doesn't like him being like this with Billy. And I'll be like, but her leaving, if he's only abusive to Billy, her leaving actually wouldn't help anything. You know, it would actually probably make him worse. And maybe she feels responsible to stay with them to protect Billy a little bit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I'm reading way too deep into this. Am I not? Like, what's Susan's deal? Let's therapize her. But anyway, um, no, it's just, I can't help but feel sorry for Billy here at this moment. At this moment. <laughs> That's a callback. Um, <clears throat> no, I can't help it. You know what I mean? Like, he sucks. Yeah, and it doesn't excuse it. But, like, I still feel, like, you know, bad for him here. Because <laughs> how can you not? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Dacre is so good at crying. And it's <laughs> he's just so... It's sad. It's just sad all around. Because he wouldn't suck like he does if this didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh... <laughs> he might suck in different ways. He might still be, like, a jackass who, like whores around and does whatever but like I somehow I doubt it you know what I mean like I don't I don't even know if he would be like that you know but we all we'll never know what could have been <laughs> with this boy that could have been cuter could have been nicer if he had a better haircut and a better better father you know that's how it goes where did we leave off I don't even remember <laughs> I'm so slow on this, guys. I'm so sorry. I think I accidentally uploaded it, like, twice without even meaning to because now they have this thing where it's, like, you have to schedule your episodes to upload. So if you see one that's, like, 15 minutes long, it's probably just piece of one that I have, like, scheduled for later that I think I'm going to have it done before then, but I'm not. And honestly, it's, like, it's the 10th of February, and um, I haven't got this episode up to, uh, done. And I'm planning to try to do the freaking... Uh, son-in-law before whenever why is the internet not working like i can't even get freaking netflix to play like what is going on oh my gosh why finally like making myself do the podcast okay finally here we go here we go where did we leave off okay so we go back to where oh my gosh i lost a freaking chewy sweetheart hold on okay steve and Dustin met up with Lucas and Max, and um, they're looking for Dart. And uh, Steve mentioned something about how Dart's going to eat, because he's molted and grown again. And so, sorry about the noise, but I'm separating um, Chewy Sweet Tarts by color. Because I don't like the apple or the lemon, and I don't eat them. I only like the uh, cherry grape and the orange. So anyway... Yeah, um, so Steve mentions how since the, the demo dog, since Dart has grown, um, he's going to be eating something bigger than a cat. And <laughs> Lucas is like, wait, a cat? What cat did he eat? And Steve's like, he ate Muse. And he's like, he ate your cat? He, you knew where he was at? You had him at your house, blah, blah, blah. And so Dustin is like caught for keeping Dart and keeping him a secret from the rest of the party, so Lucas is kind of mad about that. So, yeah. Um, 
Oh yeah, they already did. Okay, we already did the junkyard thing. I'm not... See, I forgot where we were at, because they already did the junkyard thing, and... Yeah, they've been together as a group, these four. For pretty much all of the last episodes. <laughs> um, or the last part of it. I didn't even remember that. It's been so long, guys. I'm so slow on these podcasts. I'm so sorry. I need to get busy finishing these because it's not going to be that long until season 5 comes out and I want to be caught up by then doing season 4 all I can do with my time is write in my freaking fanfiction I can't even write things that matter okay cause it's just like basically I'm um what's it called I'm writing it down but it's essentially um maladaptive daydreaming <laughs> But I'm typing it out, so it feels less unhealthy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm justifying it by typing it out. Right? Anyway. I mean, when people were talking about maladaptive daydreaming, describing it, I'm like, that sounds like being an author. <laughs> I mean, oh, characters won't leave you alone and you can't even concentrate on real life. And it's like, um, that's called being a writer. And you write fiction. Not just fanfic. Any kind of fiction. Like, if I have an idea for a story, forget about it. Like, I don't care if I'm in the middle of doing laundry. Those, those clothes are going on the floor. I have to get to a computer or somewhere and write down my idea. Like, it, it's, it can't wait. Inspiration waits, waits for nobody. Or nothing. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. So, like, when I hear somebody describing maladaptive daydreaming, I'm like, maybe they're just a writer. I mean, if it's maladaptive and hurting their life to where they forget to eat. But I'm like, yeah, I've done that before. Like, it's it's hours upon hours of being caught up in a story. And then you realize, like, I haven't eaten eating all day and you know that's just how it is I feel like we call everything creative freaking uh, some sort of mental illness but anyway oh, and then I'm having family drama that I'm not even involved in it's just happening around me somebody just messaged me um I don't know it's a lot going on, guys, but anyway, let's get back to this peaceful world of demogorgons and interdimensional dogs, okay? Cat? Dart ate a cat. No. What? I love Max's, like, facial expressions. She gets so annoyed. And, um, like, Lucas and Dustin are having that same argument, because he's like, you put the party in danger by keeping Dart. And he's like, I didn't know it was a demogorgon. And he's like, you told a stranger... You know, about all this stuff, private stuff, and Max is like, excuse me, a stranger? And she's not a stranger to Lucas, but she's a stranger to Dustin. Remember how we talked about that last time? <laughs> and anyway, <clears throat> Steve hears the screeching sound of Demogorgons, and they all, and he he's like, guys, guys! Which is like a thing they constantly do on the show. <laughs> 
like people will be arguing and somebody will be like guys and then they keep arguing and they're like guys <laughs> and they have to stop that's like such a trope from the show anyway so max is like why are you following the sound <laughs> why are you going towards the sound hello what's going on and they go towards the screeching and her options are stay in the dark alone in this stand by me plot because they're walking on the railroad tracks or go with them so she kind of has to go with them and steve has the nail bat so you know and he's steve like steve cannot fight a man to save his life but give him a monster and steve is conan the barbarian yeah he's hercules suddenly with monsters from the upside down but it, it comes to Billy from PE class. <laughs> he can't hold his own. <laughs> or even Jonathan. And I honestly was shocked that Jonathan, Jonathan fought. Which, I was surprised that Jonathan could fight so good. Especially better than Steve. Because Steve's a jock and Jonathan's like a loner. You know, like a... They call him like a freak and a loner and whatever. But like, or like a nerd maybe. And Steve's a jock, so I just expected Steve to fight better than him. But, like, <clears throat> Steve's not necessarily bigger than him. And also, <clears throat> Jonathan's been abused <laughs> by his dad. You know, he had to learn how to fight back with his dad. So I guess we shouldn't have been surprised. I was that Jonathan's very tough, you know? And that's kind of hot of Jonathan to be able to beat up Steve. But anyway... <laughs> Which feels weird to me because of my fanfiction, my main character. It's not really my point of view. It's not me. It's not, you know, it's not a self-insert fanfic. But most of the time I'm writing from the point of view of my main character. And Jonathan's like her brother. So it's weird now for me to call him hot. Just like, that's weird because he's my cousin slash brother. Not mine, but hers. And so it's like, you know what I mean? You put yourself in the mindset of your character so much. That you start to be like, even Hopper, because like he's her dad, quote unquote, he adopted her. It's whatever. I mean, biologically, she's Jonathan and Will's first cousin on their dad's side. Because Lonnie had a brother in my fanfiction. <laughs> whatever. But Joyce and Hopper took her in, and she's biologically Jonathan and Will's first cousin, but... You know, she calls them brothers because they live together. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't need to be getting into that. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's over a million words, literally. And that's embarrassing and, and it makes me feel like I need therapy. But anyway, I was not being hyperbolic either. It literally is over a million words. <laughs> that's, that's so embarrassing and sad. <laughs> Okay, so what do you tell this team? Babysitter's Club? Steve and the three kids follow the sounds and see that it's at Hawkins Lab. The, the noise is coming from Hawkins Lab. Well, Lucas figures it out. He says they were going back home. These kids are so smart, I swear. Mike, Lucas, all of them. They figure out stuff so easy and I'm like, so impressed. Okay, we're back at the lab. Trying to find an exit. 
Okay, so since the power shut down at the lab, the nearest exit is however far away Owens looks in the map. But there's a problem because the locks are fail-safe and the building goes on lockdown if the power's out. So, they have to go reset the breakers. But after that, they also have to do this computer stuff. It's Jurassic Park 101. Like I said, <laughs> this show is influenced by Jurassic Park. Did I not say that? Did I not review Jurassic Park specifically because of this? But anyway. Bob's the only one that knows basic. He's the only one that can reboot the system. He's Lexi in this situation. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> from Jurassic Park, you know, in case people didn't get that reference. Um, so Bob has to be the one to go to the basement. Because he's like, you have to know ba basic, you know, which is a computer language. And... Hopper is like, okay, teach me basic. And he's like, sure, I'll teach you French while I'm at it, Jim. Like, because, you know, it's a whole language you have to know, you know. And um, he's the only one that can do this. So, of course, he's going to do this. Bob newbie superhero. And Joyce is all like, no, you can't go, Bob. And he's like, I have to, and I'm going to go. But he's like, do you, any of you know basic? And, like, Owens and Mike both, like, say no. But it's like, yeah, like, we were not going to let Mike go down there alone to begin with like <laughs> no we're not letting the child go to the basement alone in a building full of demo dogs yeah no that was not gonna happen anyway anyway i mean honestly they were not gonna do that but this is just a setup to put bob in danger by himself and make him a superhero which it fits it's very well done because this is, this is such a a scenario that totally would happen in this in the sequence of events like this is not unbelievable that this might happen and bob obviously would be the only one that would know this so it's like yeah this totally play the totally tracks i love it when crap makes sense like that <laughs> like they want to put him in mortal danger so they set up a scenario that totally works for him as a personality as a character as a writer i just really appreciate that <laughs> It's like, of course he would be the only one that has to go. I love these little scenarios. <laughs> That's basically what writing is, is just loving scenarios. And characters being put in little scenarios. <laughs> and, like, they have to make sense. And Stranger Things is epic at doing that. Like, honestly, I don't care what criticisms people have. Like, you know, making the kids nerdy it has to be done because, you know, they understand concepts like other dimensions and shadow worlds and they play D&D. &D, so they have these like metaphors for it. You know what I'm saying? Like Stranger Things is really good at making things make sense. Like these characters would understand the concept because there's nerds and they get science. You know what I mean? It just all makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying. I just found out, like, obviously I'm not going to go watch Ben Shapiro's review of the Barbie movie. But this girl on YouTube who I watched, she watched him watch, <laughs> she watched his review of it. And she talked about his review. She reviewed his review. Apparently... The biggest problem with anything he said, which is not, like, the worst thing he said, but it's still, like, it kind of is. It really shows what, like, he thinks about women. <laughs> on It's, like, 
telling on himself because he was like here's barbie understanding what a fascism is he's like why would she understand what fascism is she's supposed to be ditzy dumb blonde barbie and i'm like she was never supposed to be dumb like what gave you that idea like that really made me mad because i'm like just the fact that he just assumed that she was supposed to be dumb just because she's pretty and blonde it's like yeah okay like nobody ever said like established throughout the barbie movie before she even goes to the real world while she's in the barbie land it's well established that barbie is smart and in in reality it's well established that barbie is a smart doll like as a doll her character as a doll is smart she's had every job the woman has i don't know how many phds what are you thinking like why why would never in the history of the world has barbie been promoted as being a bimbo ever she has big boobs and blonde hair, so you're just like, oh, she's a bimbo. I hate that. She never was. No part of her ever was supposed to be airheaded. Barbie has never been that. Never. Like, oh, I hate when men think the way they do about women. Ben, ben Shapiro type men. He just assumed. He doesn't know anything. He just told on himself that he didn't know anything about Barbie as an IP, as a doll, as a character, as a personality, any, nothing about her. He didn't know, ever know, he went into this completely ignorant. Um, he doesn't know things about women. He just assumed, oh yeah, Barbie's going to be dumb because she's blonde. Like, and I guess he probably just assumed the rest of the Barbies were dumb because they're women. Like, I don't know, just really, even stereotypical Barbie though, it was established in the movie that she was very smart. It was established in the movie that Ken was dumb as heck, but Barbie was smart. Like, we saw that. Like, I don't know. Like, why are you... I don't know why you would just think that she was not smart. Just automatically. Like, just tell on yourself for how you feel about women, I guess. Anyway. Even Elle Woods. Like, in the beginning of Legally Blonde... They set her up as a, like, a ditzy girl on purpose to, to, you know, flip it on you. But, like, she got a 179 on the LSATs. Elle was not stupid at all. Not even close. But she never was stupid. But, like, she was ditzy. She was, like, she was never dumb. She was always smart. But, like. They set you up to think she's not very smart because of her personality, not just the way she looks. Barbie wasn't even that. Barbie never even acted, like, ditzy. You know what I mean? She never acted bubbly or ditzy. She didn't act that way, even on the surface. Elle Woods did. Like, she, the, the movie wanted you to think she was dumb so they could flip it on you, you know, and show you that she's actually smart. But Elle Woods was smart the whole time, but she at least they, like, set it up to make you think that she wasn't on purpose. Not just with her, like, outfits and everything, but, like, also with the things she said and her personality, you know what I mean? Like, they purposely made her seem ditzy. Not stupid, but ditzy. But with Barbie, they didn't even do that. So it's like, why would you even, like, act like, you know, you thought she was dumb? Anyway... Unless you just assume that, which he did. And that's, how did I even get on this topic? I don't know, but that really bothered me. 
all of the things he said. I don't even remember the rest of it. It's all dumb, obviously, because when has he ever said anything smart? But that was the thing that really stuck with me. It's just like, anyway. So they got to send Bob off on a mission. He's both playing Ray Arnold and Lexi from Jurassic Park here. <laughs> Does everything relate back to Jurassic Park? I do believe it might. You know, because uh, life, uh, life finds a way. <laughs> um, when I say Jurassic Park, I'm not talking about the whole franchise. I mean, I watch them all because I loved it that much. I love the first one enough to like put up with the rest of the franchise. But that first movie was perfection. Um, Camp Cretaceous as well. There are some things near the end of Camp Cretaceous that I'm like, ah, not really on board for the robot dogs, but I mean, it's still better than all the sequels. Anyway. Let's go. I'm watching Stranger Things now. Not, anyway, yeah. So, we gotta have a little action movie here. Push to close. It's gonna be okay. See that button that says push to close? Oh yeah, Elle, Ellie had to do it too. Ray Arnold and Ellie had to go reset the breakers. And Lexi had to do the little computer thing. What the heck? I hate it when they do a jump scare for no reason. <laughs> oh, I love this. Okay, so Hopper gives him a gun. He he drags in one of the guards and gives Bob a gun and is like, you know how to use one of these? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, safety on, safety off, point and squeeze. <laughs> and Bob says, point and squeeze, easy peasy. Because he just has to say that. But he's like pointing the gun right at Hopper and Hopper like <clears throat> pushes it like... I like the way Hopper just casually pushes it away, like, so that it's not pointing at him. Oh, man. It's just a funny little sad thing. But anyway. Bob's like, as soon as I get those doors open, don't wait for me. And Hopper's like, I'll get them out. Like, immediately, I promise. I love that there's no animosity here. Like, this show is just, I love it. Because, like, even if there is, like, a love triangle, which there's not a love triangle right now between Hopper and anybody. But, I mean, it's kind of under, it's kind of underneath it. But it's not really, it's not in the text at all. But it's also kind of under there. <laughs> you know, it's kind of there. But it's not, it's not really a problem or an issue for anybody. Like, they're not being awkward with each other. But... Even with, like, the Jonathan, Steve, and Nancy thing, it's always, like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, once the crap hits the fan on, these sh on the show, like, once people's lives are in danger, none of that crap matters anymore. <laughs> and everybody's just, like, trying to save each other's lives, and they don't care who's dating who when, when lives are in danger. And I love that because, seriously, like, I hate it when I'm watching a movie and, like, people's lives are in danger somebody's like so are you gonna date him or not and it's like people's lives are in danger can we not right now <laughs> like this is not the time to be talking about our relationship i was watching batwoman which i did like with ruby rose i'm sorry but 
when she was off of there. I could barely tolerate watching it when she was on there, let alone after she was gone. That woman almost died for that show. Or, not woman, but, you know, they almost died for that show. Very sorry about that. Um, but, because she was that one. That woman was a she, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so, like, that woman's, like, friend and her ex-boyfriend got tied up by a villain who was dressed up like their boss or, like, had on a mat, like, like, I don't know. They disguised themselves as, as their boss and I don't know, all this weird stuff. Anyway, they were tied up together, like, back to back on these chairs the way Steve and Robin were. Or, we haven't got to that yet. Never mind. But, anyway, we don't even know Robin yet. Anyway, I just remember the scene of Batwoman where this woman and her ex-boyfriend were tied up together. And they thought their boss had tied them up together and threatened their life and blah, blah, blah. And then they figured out it was like wasn't him and he was like gonna be charged with murder because this guy faked being him and blah 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 so this woman's trying to figure out how to get out of you know being kidnapped and tied up and her ex-boyfriend's like trying the whole time to talk about their relationship and she's like i think you should quit your job so we can have kids together i'm like you're not even dating you're not even dating what in the heck it literally was insufferable because all she was talking about was, like, she was trying, you know. She was trying to be a normal person and be like, we need to get out of here and go, you know, because our boss is going to get charged with murder that he didn't commit. And her dumb ex-boyfriend's like, I think she, I think you should quit your job so we can get married and you can have a baby. And I was like, are, are you freaking kidding me? That was his actual, like, response to her saying we need to get out of here so he doesn't get charged with murder. Like, his actual response was literally just, I think, I think, I want you to have my baby. And I'm like, I hate this man. <laughs> like, it was the worst possible thing I could have watched. I, I was, that was the worst case of that happening that I've ever seen. Because she was trying so hard to be like, situation at hand, we're tied to a chair. Our boss is going to get framed for murder. And he's like, let's talk about our relationship. Are you still in love with uh, whatever Batwoman's name was? You know? But yeah, Ruby Rose actually, um, they broke their neck almost or something like that. They were doing a stunt for Batwoman and almost died. And then they get replaced suddenly. I'm like, well, forget about me watching that show. It was hard enough to watch it when Ruby Rose was on there, let alone after Ruby Rose was not on there. So I was like, um, no, I was really only watching it for them. But anyway, back to Stranger Things. I just hate it when they, like, are in a dire situation and they want to talk about their relationship. I mean, they do that a lot in season three, I think, on this. But anyway, let's, whatever. Well, they talk about emotional stuff, but I don't think they hardly ever talk about, like, dating. Unless they have, like, a break. You know what I mean? They at least save it for appropriate times when they're, like, waiting on something to happen, you know? So Jonathan and Nancy ended up getting to the lab. And they think that, like, they have no idea that anything's happening. Like, they think the only drama is themselves telling on the lab, you know, to, to Murray. 
So they get back into town and they're looking for Will and they go to the lab and all the lights are off and like the guard is not even in the guard shack. Jonathan tries to open the gate. It's not working. The electric's all off. They're like, what in the heck? Oh yeah, they knew they were at the lab because they found those pictures. Okay. I'm caught back up, I think. Jonathan has some veiny hands. No, stop it. <laughs> we're not we're not lusting after boys on the show. Come on now. I mean, as of right now, Hopper and Jonathan are the only ones I would be like, yeah, kind of, but. And they're both, like, family to my main character and my fanfic, which makes me feel weird. Anyway. <laughs> so Jonathan is trying to give this guard check, you know, this button to open the gate. And, um, he can't. And then Nancy hears something in the woods. And they go and see, like, flashlights, and they're like, who's there? Who's there? And it's Steve, obviously, with, um, Max, Lucas, and Dustin. And, um, sorry, excuse me. I just want to remind everybody that, um, last night, Nancy flat out cheated on Steve. Like, were they officially broken up enough for her to go sleep with Jonathan? Like, I'm just saying, like, she cheated. She actually did cheat. That <laughs> She cheated. I mean, I don't care, personally, that much. I wanted her with Jonathan, and I was glad about it. But, like, in reality, like, technically, she cheated, right? Like, were they broken up officially enough for her to be like, well, I'm going to sleep with another, another guy. Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think they were officially broken up for her to... I don't think she was fully single. I mean, yeah, they have a fight, but, like, did Steve know they were broken up enough for her to go sleep with Jonathan? Like, <laughs> he has every right to be very mad. So they come, and he's like, they're like, Steve? And he's like, Jonathan? Nancy? What are you doing together? Oh. Girl. I mean, dude. <laughs> what, are, what have they been doing together? What haven't they been doing together? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't actually ask what they're doing together, but I'm just saying. <laughs> they both say Steve, and then Steve says Nancy, and D Dustin says Jonathan. And he's, like, happy about it. He's like, Jonathan? Oh, good, Jonathan's here. <laughs> An adult. <laughs> We've been hanging out with Steve. We need Jonathan. <laughs> the real adult. Jonathan's not really an adult, but... Anyway... Jonathan does act the most adult of all the teens, though. Something season four. Like, what? Ah! Scared me. So Bob's in the basement looking around. It's pretty scary down there. Some, like, steam hisses out of a pipe and it scared us both. Me and Bob bonding here were being scared of steam. Yep, there's a dead body. Oh, and there's two. I do talk to the TV a lot. That's why I started a podcast. I'll fly out just talk to the TV. Anyway, even if I'm not podcasting, I'm talking to the talking to it the whole time. It's more fun. Get on my level. I don't care. Main power. This is so Jurassic Park coded. Oh my gosh, and there's this big old switch. Like, it's so Jurassic Park coded. He turned on all the lights. Just like Ellie Sattler did in Jurassic Park. 
Okay, and then we see the electric come back on, and like outside, Steve and all of them are arguing with each other. And Nancy notices the power's back, so they go and they're trying to open the guard track again. It's still not open because he hasn't re rebooted the system. And Jonathan can't get it to work, so Dustin's like, let me try. Then he. <laughs> Did you hear that? I love how he says that. He's like, let me try. And Jonathan's like, no. He's like, let me try, Jonathan. <laughs> I love when, like, Will's friends are like, talk to, like, Jonathan and, Nan and Joyce like they know them really well. You know what I mean? Like, I like that because that is so, like, of course, Jonathan would seem like all their older brother. You know what I mean? Like, he picks on all of them. And, or, like, when they mention, like, oh, remember that pool you used when we bought for apples? I love crap like that. I love little hints of, like, their normal daily lives with these people. Like, kids are not just hanging out with their own parents. Like, <clears throat> I like the other kids interacting with the other members of their family that, like, like they know them already because they would. And I love that. I love those little moments. <laughs> and so I love him, like, kind of wrestling with Jonathan. He's like, let me try, Jonathan. Like, because they know each other. You know what I mean? He's practiced. He probably feels like an older brother to Dustin, too. So I just really like little moments like that so much. It's like the little things that really matter. And they make me so happy. And it's so weird. Anyway, I want you to hear how he says it. It cracks me up. <laughs> it's about to happen. Let me try let me try, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up so much. Now, obviously, it doesn't work for Dustin either. Okay, Bob, can you hear yeah. us? It doesn't work for Dustin either because um, Bob is still rebooting the system. Um, so, yeah. At least they can do it from the same spot and not have to go to the freaking like other place. Like, on Jurassic Park, they had to go to that place to turn on the electric. And they go all the way back to the visitor center to, like, or the main, I mean, it was the visitor center, um, to reboot the system from that computer. And I'm like, you don't have a computer at the place where you turn the electric? Like, that place was so mismanaged. Like, it wasn't even built correctly. Because why didn't you have the computer to reboot the system right where you had the freaking thing to turn on the freaking electric again? <laughs> like, this place has in the basement. Like, I mean, of course, this is just a building. Like, one building, now, you know, but it's, like, at least you didn't go have to go, like, all the way back upstairs to reboot the system. Like, I'm just saying, like, put things that go together in the same room. <laughs> and not just for emergency situations, just convenience, too. Like, why would you put it in a whole different building? Like, they did on Jurassic Park. They really did not build that park very well. They spared no expense, but they spared a lot of sense. Anyway... Why am I not really talking about Jurassic Park so much? Okay, so they have radio back and forth between Bob and Dr. Owens. Why can't they just use walkie-talkies the whole time? They got batteries. Anyway, whatever. So Bob opens all the things on the computer, and then, like, the front gate opens, and Dustin's like, I got it! Ha-ha, <laughs> I got it! And I'm like, you did not. And then Bob's like, easy peasy, and then Hopper's, like, smiling about it. He's like so proud of him, and I'm like, there is no animosity here, even if Hopper has a thing for Joyce. West stairwell is not clear anymore, so they can't get out. Where? West 
So Bob has an idea to clear the west stair stairwell. So he turns on the fire alarm. He turns on some sprinklers in a certain part. Splash. And splash. <laughs> That's so cute. So he turns on some sprinklers in one part of the building so the monster will hear it and go clear the stairwell. You okay. know what I mean? Okay, that works. Smart dude. Now get out of there. Go, go. And they're like, get out of there, Bob. He left the freaking gun. Like, don't leave the freaking gun. So Hopper picks up Will. Wait a second, Chief. And so... So Owen stays there with the security system so he can, like, radio back to, like, Hopper and Bob to let them know if there's any more surprise dogs around, like, that can attack them. Like... He is sacrificing himself, too. Everybody's being a freaking hero. You know what I mean? And Hopper can't sacrifice himself because he's Hopper and he's the main character, so he has to survive. But also, he has to, like, be the leader of this, you know, get them out of there. He has to be the one to get them out of there. And we need him for, like, the actual fight. So, like, <clears throat> he's not expendable like Owens and Bob. <laughs> Sorry, but he's just not... Not that, you know, I don't like them. I'm just saying they're they're kind of expendable. You know who's going to make it. I mean, they trick you a little bit, but not like, you know, you know who, you know who's in danger of being it because they're expendable. You know what I mean? We ain't losing main characters. It's not lost. They're not going to kill Alex randomly in the middle of County the Three. <laughs> If you've seen Lost, you know just how upsetting that is. Kimi! Dang it, Kimi! Okay, anyway. I'm serious. That was the most horrifying, shocking death I've ever seen in my life. You know, Ben was still trying to talk. I can't go there. I can't go there. I mean, she was a child. Oh my gosh. Like, and it just, bam, out of nowhere. Like, just no build up or nothing it's just bam and that's how so much more realistic but it's like that's when i knew all bets are off and you, nobody is safe and lost <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> but this is stranger things where some people are safe may well 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 <laughs> well <laughs> we well <laughs> anyway let's just moving on <laughs> for right now in this season all the main characters are safe. We just know that because that's how this works. But I like that they build up this feeling inside you that all main characters are safe and then bam. Things happen and you're like, no, that can't happen to that character. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Owen stays behind because he's not a government baddie. They get to the doors and Mike and Hopper and Will go out and Joyce turns around to wait on Bob. It's like watching it. So Owens has to guide Bob out to the door. Just freaking run for goodness sakes, Bob. Just run all the way to the door. Stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting way too into this. So there comes a Demodor. Yeah, no. So he has to hide in a closet really fast because Owens sees a dog on the freaking monitor. And this is so intense. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. It's still tense. I'm freaking out. Okay. 
it's hard because there's nothing like psychological or emotional to talk about, but it's just like, ah, it's driving me crazy. And, oh, but Owens is like guiding him through this. Owens is, is, I like him a lot. Okay. This is when we know for sure. Owens is our man. He's the dude. He's great. He, he's staying behind to help them get out. Uh, just salute that man because he is a hero. Bob as well. But Bob has to hide in the closet. <laughs> just like, well, <laughs> was that wrong? Was that bad? I didn't mean that to be offensive. I did not mean that to be offensive at all. I would never. But like, it was just, you know, you make an in the closet joke. You know what I'm saying? You just, you can't, you know, how do you, you know, it was the obvious. It was the low hanging fruit. I'm sorry. <sighs> I did not mean that in a hateful way whatsoever. I just want to make that clear. It was just, you know, Bob is in the closet. And I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't make jokes about that. Because I truly don't want to offend anybody, but like, <laughs> you know, I did have to say that joke because it came out of my mouth. I guess. I mean, I didn't mean that in an offensive way. Here I am over explaining myself. We all know. I know. It's good. It's fine. Like, whatever. If, if anybody's offended, I'm sorry. Because it was not intended to be offensive. It was just, you know. I said in the closet, and every time I say in the closet, my mind goes to, like, Will. <laughs> See, I did it again. But, like, he is in the closet. I'm not saying I'm glad or that he should stay there. I'm just saying he is. Well, I mean, it's the 80s, so it's probably safer if he does, but, you know, that's actually sucks for him that he has to. But anyway, let's just continue on. Before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> Owens is like, right now, get in the closet, get in the closet. And I'm like, you sound like Mike when he's talking to Will. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on now. That's not mean, is it? <laughs> it's mean to Mike. That's who I'm intending to be mean to. With that statement. <laughs> But not Mike in this season, because Mike is amazing in the season. I have to make myself laugh because I'm stressed out about this and other things. <clears throat> so Bob makes it to the closet and he's safe for now. You're almost home free, all right, Bob? You got a clear shot to the front door. Everything's good. He goes out. He trips over a stupid broom. Oh, he's so scared. I hate that he's so scared. I hate that he's so relieved and I hate that he's so scared because it sucks more. You know what I mean? He knocks over a broom. It taps on the floor. The demodog hears him. And just run. Just freaking go for it, Bob. Just go. Go. Just run. Like, come on. This is what I sound like usually when I'm watching stuff, something. I'm like yelling at Seriously, run. And see, he does take off running. He makes it out to where Joyce is and shuts the door. And she's like, Bob. And he turns and smiles at her. 
because they had to make it extra sad. And then this thing breaks through the door and starts attacking him. So Joyce is screaming and yelling, and then Hopper comes in there to try to drag her out. He, well, he's like shooting the demodog, trying to get it to stop attacking Bob. And then more come out, and Hopper shoots at them. But it's like no longer safe for him and Joyce, you know what I mean? Because more just keep coming. So he's like, let's just get out of here. Go, 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 you know, because Bob can't be saved. Joyce is freaking out. Hopper has to literally drag her out of there. Bob's reaching for her because he doesn't want to die. And he's so sad about it. He didn't want this to happen. And they make Bob's death so freaking gruesome. Then the dogs, you know, are trying to beat their way out of the door. And then there's a horn honking and Mike turns around and there pulls up. Who is that pulling up? That's Jonathan and Nancy. And they're like, come on, get in. So they get in car and just in time because those dem dogs are not going to be in there and then like all the rest of them Steve and the kids are waiting at the gate and so Hopper and the Hopper goes and gets in his Bronco I guess um Mike and Joyce and Mike and Will and and are, are riding with Jonathan and Nancy okay and then Hopper pulls up in his Bronco and he's like well, we'll hear him here in a minute. He's like, let's go. And they just hop in. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just hop in. But then they have to show us another shot of Bob getting eaten by these things. And it's like, is that necessary? Is that necessary? We don't need to see this. I don't like seeing this. Who wanted to see this? I think I, I, think I heard that I think Sean Astin actually said if he died in it, he wanted it to be... Well, he wanted it to be a heroic death, but he also wanted it to be gruesome. I think I heard... I know he definitely wanted it to be heroic, and it was. But did it have to be so gruesome? No. I don't think so. But anyway. Back at the buyers. Oh, man. Jonathan... Jonathan is like comfort is like Will is passed out and Jonathan's like rubbing his forehead being like I'm sorry I wasn't there buddy I should have been there buddy and I'm like (laughs) Jonathan is an older brother his best role is older brother like he's always the best at that that's his main thing that he's great at and so Hopper's calling the government Sam Owens Dr. Sam Owens and she's like some mom on the phone's like how many people at the lab None anymore, lady. Like, are you kidding me? Like, whatever. I feel like I've been through a lot. (laughs) With this episode so far. I haven't even been through much. But I'm getting down to the wire. I mean, there's like half the episode left. Right? Yeah, there's more than half left. (sighs) Oh. I gotta go to a party tomorrow. But anyway, let's continue. Because I'm gonna say that because I'm taking a break. But y'all won't notice, so I need to stop doing that. I need to stop telling you about personal business. <laughs> like, I'll really let it out on the Barbie review. Anyway, 
I'm getting down to 50 minutes and it's going to mess me up if I don't stop now. I don't want to have to redo all this crap. Okay. All right. And remember, we're at the buyer's house. <laughs> this is hard for me. You know what? I gotta do this. I gotta finish this podcast episode before Valentine's Day because I gotta do my Valentine's Day episode. Right? Have y'all seen The Recruit? <laughs> um, what's his name? Noah Centineo is freaking cute. Okay. And he's like cute, like real life cute. Like he's like, ugh, I can't even explain it. There's something about him. Anyway, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, this is where we were. The people hoppers on the phone with her like, have you contacted the police? And he's like, I am the police. <laughs> Wait, I want to see what their phone number is, just because I'm curious. Joyce's phone number is 6767. <sighs> Joyce is in her room, sad. She's got a stuffed owl on her, like, dresser. Hopper goes in there to comfort her. She's having a hard time. He sits on the floor. Oh, he's so nice. <laughs> this is so nice of him. What's he gonna say? She's upset about Bob. She's got one of those like wicker chairs in her corner. That is so typical of the eighties. Everybody's kind of sitting around, like waiting for the government to help. <laughs> You're gonna be waiting a while for that. Mike's sitting there sad, thinking about something, looking at Will, looking at those toys Bob brought. He's like, did you know that Bob was the original founder of Hawkins AV? He petitioned the school to start it. <laughs> Push pause on the wrong thing. <laughs> so... Mike explains that Bob was the founder of the AV club. He taught Mr. Clark everything he knows, and he's like, we can't let his death be in vain. And Dustin's like, what do you want us to do, Mike? You know, Hopper's right. We can't fight all these demodogs. And <clears throat> Mike figures out, because he's the MVP of this season, <clears throat> about stuff. Wait. <laughs> That's what I said. John Stewart. Okay, just a side note. John Stewart is back on The Daily Show. This is like JFK coming back to life and being the president. Like, John Stewart being the host of The Daily Show again is like the comeback of all comebacks. You know what I mean? And people are being like, no, he's a centrist and he's saying both sides are bad and it's and both sides are equally bad. I'm like, did you not watch it? Because I watched it and that's not what he said. He said there are bad things about both of them, that one of them is way worse. And we all know which one it is. Like, and he said that. So it's like, I think y'all were not paying attention. And then Cody Johnston, who's also, like, pretty much my favorite, like, news reporter. Even above Jon Stewart, really. Honestly. I mean, I love Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart is more mainstream. Like, I would suggest him to more people. Because Jody- Cody Johnston's more, like my type, you know, he's more on, you know, like, the left. I mean, not that John's not, but, like, you know what I mean. Anyway, John Stewart's more palatable to the public <laughs> than Cody Johnston, is what I'm saying. But anyway, Cody Johnston just put a tweet that 
is like, I can't believe Jon Stewart said both the old candidates are old, but one of them is worse, and then listed many of the ways that he's worse, including some of his many crumbs. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I have to comment on this. <laughs> that's how I saw it. No. <laughs> Anyway, um, <clears throat> so anyway, back to Stranger Things. So Mike, MVP of the season, for some reason, like randomly, um, figures out like, oh yeah, the Demodogs, and Dustin comes up with the name Demodogs, and he's like, it's a compound word, a play on words, blah, 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 and Max is like, okay, <laughs> you don't have to explain it ten, ten times. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so they're fa trying to figure out how to, beat the demodogs and Mike says they're a hive mind blah 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 and so they talk about it and he's like this is the brain and they're all part of the hive mind and they're thinking that the shadow monster is the brain not sure if that's true <laughs> I don't think so actually because it doesn't seem but whatever but for now yes okay just assuming that we're still in this season <laughs> um the shadow monster is the brain of this whole operation so everything's connected to that and so, um, they have to explain that to Steve, especially. And Dustin's like, like the mind flayer and Lucas snaps and they do this really cool sound effect where it's like really loud snap and they're like, ha, the mind flayer. And so they compare this monster to the mind flayer, which is a D&D monster. So, and they always end up doing this, which I love. And, um, so yeah, this is the comparison they have for this shadow monster is the mind flayer from D&D. Alrighty. He's explaining the mind player to Hopper and the rest of them. And he's like, It's a <clears throat> being, <clears throat> it's a creature so ancient it doesn't even know its true home. And it's it takes over people's brains by using its highly developed psionic powers. So it has psionic powers and it doesn't know its true home. Are we seeing the parallels to Eleven right now? People were waiting for her to be revealed as the monster, but what happened was, like, these were setups. These were not accidents. There are parallels to Eleven, for sure. On purpose. Okay. Hopper's like, this is not real. This is a kid's game. He's like, it's not for kids. This is a handbook. And he's like, and this is the best thing we've got, unless you've got something else that's the metaphor. And Lucas is like, analogy. And he's like, analogy. Okay, what? that's what you're worried about? <laughs> He's like, this is the best analogy, and he's right. I mean, him, as per usual, Dustin's right. Like, it's okay to use this as an analogy because it's pretty much all they got going for. Like, what else are they going to do? <laughs> so Nancy's like, so what does this mind flamer want? And he's like, the mind flayer? Well, it basically wants to conquer us. It thinks it's the master race. And Steve goes, like the Germans. <laughs> Dustin's like... Like, the Nazis? <laughs> yeah, if the Nazis were from another dimension, totally. <laughs> like the Germans. Steve, you're dumb. <laughs> it's, it's cute, but seriously. Um, Nancy gets it before anybody, because she's smart. And um, then Hopper takes the book, and he's like, so what do we do to kill this thing? Because she's like, so if we kill this thing, and then uh, basically we kill everything it controls or whatever. And he's like, yeah. <clears throat> so Hopper's like, so how do you kill this thing? Use fireballs or something? And 
Dustin's like, oh, no, not fireballs. You have to summon, summon an undead army because, uh, you know, it needs brains and they don't have any. So, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's it's just the game. <laughs> he's like, he gives up. He's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the game. And Hopper's annoyed. And he's like, but I don't see you doing anything. And it's like, honestly, like, they're either going to sit around not talking or they're going to try to figure it out. You know what I mean? He's like, it's just a game. And he's like, oh. And he's like, what are you even doing here? And he's like, we're just waiting for your military people. And um, Mike's like, who are going to do what? They can't kill it. They can't kill it with guns. And Hopper's like, we don't know that. We don't know anything. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're right. Because they, you can't kill a shadow monster with guns. The bullets, you know what I mean? This thing's made out of smoke. How are you going to kill it with guns? You know what I mean? So Joyce is like, they're right. We have to kill it. I want to kill it. <laughs> uh, but they don't know how. So they have to figure out something. I'm eating Pringles. Okay. Might still be in the MVP. It's like, because Hopper's like, we don't know how to kill this thing. And Mike's like, no, but Will does. He's like, anybody knows how to kill this thing, it's Will. Because, um, you know, he's connected to it. He knows his weakness. And Mike, M Max is like, but I thought we couldn't trust him anymore because he's a spy for the mind player. And Mike's like, he can't spy if he doesn't know where he is. So, basically everything gets solved because of Mike. <laughs> so people added like, you know, like, oh, he's worthless and he's useless and blah, blah, blah. And he's not part of the show. It's like, he was the main character in season one, and he's the MVP of season two. He's fixing everything here. I mean, maybe in the next two seasons, he's not exactly doing this, but like, you know, we're going to see when we get there on the podcast, for one thing. But even so, like, people take turns, you know what I mean? Let people take turns. That's all I'm saying. It's fine. It's fine if we let people take turns. Dustin's always right about things. Dustin actually was probably the MVP of all, like, because L basically saves the day every time. But, like, besides her, if we're picking M MVPs, I think maybe Dustin was the MVP of season one because he basically figured out everything. And this season, Mike is the one figuring out everything. These kids are nerds. This is not unbelievable. This is, did we have this discussion how I was, like, talking about how it was smarter than the Duffer brothers to pick nerds because they're not just, like, it's not unrealistic that these kids would understand this stuff because they do know this kind of stuff because they're nerds, you know? Anyway. Oh, getting things ready time. I love this. So Hopper goes out to the shed and it's like, yeah, this will work. And he starts throwing stuff out of the shed, but it looks like there's a lot more <laughs> coming out of that shed than was in there. But I guess there was some tables in there and it didn't look like as much when it was set up in the shed as it does when it's laying on the ground. So Steve and Nancy are putting up tarps in the shed to, like, make it look like just an innocuous place, like, somewhere that's, like, unrecognizable for Will to be in. They don't want Will to recognize where he's at. He's passed out still. <laughs> and Nancy thanks Steve for helping with the kids, and he's like, they're a lot of trouble, you know that? And she's, like, laughs, and she's like, yeah, I know. And she looks at him meaningfully, like, I just cheated on you last night. <laughs> And then, um, <clears throat> Luke and, Lucas and Dustin are digging through garbage. Didn't they already do this earlier in the season? Anyway, 
<laughs> so they're looking through garbage trying to find whatever they're trying to find. And Dustin apologizes for Dart. And then we're going to see what else he says. I think Lucas is, like, probably the most mature of the boys. Um, Dustin's like, I'm sorry about Dart. I guess I just thought he was my friend. And he's like, <clears throat> I broke the rule of law, so if you want a girlfriend to take over my place in the party, you can. <laughs> Lucas is like, he pinches his, like, the bridge of his nose and laughs kind of. And he's like, she's not my girlfriend. And Dustin's like, I saw you holding hands in the bus. And he's like, she was just scared. And he's like, um... Yeah, but I felt it. He's like, felt what? And he's like, electricity. And he gets up and leaves. Dustin's so a little immature. Like, he's so smart about, like, life. You know what I mean? Pretty much a lot of things. But, like, when it comes to himself and girls, he's still a little immature. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he just wanted a friend. He's immature in some ways. Not in a bad way. That's not an insult. I'm just saying. Like, he just is... And Lucas is kind of more... That's why he knows better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't mean to even know better. He didn't even, like, try that hard to compete with Dustin for Max's attention. He just liked Max and focused on getting to know her. We've been through this a lot. I mean, I've said a lot about this, but you know what I'm saying? And so, but he, he realizes that Dustin's right. You know, they do have chemistry. So he's just like... He just kind of sighs because... He's not like, woohoo, she likes me, I win, blah, blah, blah. He's not having that attitude about it, which is, I think is mature. But he's, he, he feels sorry for Dustin because Dustin can't have her, you know what I mean? Like, it's, and I think that shows, like, a lot of character for him, you know what I mean? Like, a good character. Because for Dustin, if Dustin would have, like, got to go on a date with her or won her in some way or another, that's what he was trying to do is win her. Lucas actually got to know her. Dustin was trying to win her. And, like, he didn't even know her enough to know if he liked her. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just is whatever. But, like, <clears throat> if Dustin would have got a date with her or something, he would have been like, oh, in your face, Lucas, she likes me better, blah, blah, blah. Just, like, jokingly, not in a mean way, but, like, I feel like he would have been like that about it. And with Lucas, he's more like, oh, man, like, you know, it's true. And, like, uh, he... It's not that he would not date her because of Dustin, but it's more like he just kind of... It's not like he's not happy about it, because he likes her, but, like, he's kind of like, oh, man, poor Dustin, you know what I mean? And that, I think that shows a lot of character and maturity. But anyway, <laughs> just, like, talking Lucas up. But it's just what's happening, you know? That's just really what's happening. That's how he is. <clears throat> and then we go in the kitchen, and Mike's taking out some Bo Peep ammonia. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Get your Pope peeps on and go. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. We're not at season four yet. <laughs> I just think that line is so freaking funny. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> There's some emotional stuff coming up. But, yeah. We got 17 minutes left. It's going to take me about an hour to get through it. <laughs> so everybody's having little talks. <laughs> little one-on-ones here. So Max and Mike are in the kitchen. And getting whatever they need from there. And um, <clears throat> she's like, I get why Elle was your mage now. And he's like, what? And she's like, Lucas, he told me all about her. And Mike's like, well, he shouldn't have. And she's like, you know, she's just, she's like, yeah, why would you want, you know, like, he's like, doesn't mean, just because you know the truth doesn't mean you're in our party now. And she's like, right, why would you want a stupid Zoomer in your party anyway? 
And, like, she's trying really hard here. Like, she is not fighting back. With Mike, she's taking on a whole different approach. Like, with Dustin, she's like, I'm going to have an attitude with this boy because he, he is acting ridiculous. It's like she has enough empathy, even though she has an attitude and she's like this bossy girl, you know what I mean? She's like this feisty girl, you know? But, like, inside, she has enough empathy to know how to talk to people differently, depending on who she's talking to. Like, with Mike, she's not being, like, sassy as much because she knows his anger at her comes from a place of, like, pain. And... It didn't just start with, like, I mean, she had more attitude with him before she knew the truth, but, like, less than she had with Dustin, you know what I mean? Like, she was all sassy with Dustin and Lucas, but with, like, Mike, she's more, like, compassionate. I think she felt that his anger at her was coming from a place of pain, so she was just trying to get him to like her. Like, she's desperately been trying to get him to like her, and, like, he wasn't having it, which Dustin and Lucas already liked her, but, like, you know. Especially now that she knows what happened, she's being, like, really soft and gentle with Mike. And she's like, she sounds, you know, Elle sounds really cool, you know, is all I'm trying to say. And he's like, she was. Until that thing took her, just like it took Bob. And he, like, gets up and takes that stuff. And he's, like, mad at the situation. He's not exactly attacking her anymore because she's here you know she's helping it's like what, what are you gonna do but uh <clears throat> he's still kind of cold with her you know and he's taking out her like his sadness about l on her like she has anything to do with it she wasn't even in the state when that happened man <laughs> like and like but <clears throat> you know she's not getting an attitude with mike at all and she barely has like compared to how much attitude she's capable of and that we've seen from her, you know. She's trying to be nice. And I really like her. Like, I really do. Anyway. So now we go to a different couple who are now actually a couple. Uh, it's Jancy. <laughs> Jonathan and Nancy. And he's like, are you sure this is going to work? And I think he's talking to Nancy. Mm, so anyway. He's talking to Joyce. That's what I thought. It's gonna work. It has to. Man, they look like they're... He, he looks like her son. Like, they look related. So now they're, like, decorating the shed. Everybody's doing it together. I don't love this kind of stuff. <laughs> I love watching them do this. And they're taping up things and, you know, hiding the shed from him. But I'm like, would he know kind of the shape of the shed? Just a little bit? But whatever. So they tie him to a chair and to a post in there. <laughs> like, seriously, too. Like, tie him up good. Like an actual villain. And the whole point of this was, like, they wanted Will to be the villain for this season. And they kind of made it that way. Even though it's not really Will being the villain. It's not actually Will that's the villain. But, like, it's pretty cool. And he's so tiny. Like, his arms are so tiny. And Jonathan's tying him to a chair. And tying that around the post. Like, they're tying him up good. It's kind of weird to see because he's like a little boy, you know? But it's pretty cool, honestly. Because it's like he looks so innocent, but he's capable of great harm, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of like contradictory of what we normally see. And like, most shows would be like, we can't go there. But they're like, yeah, we're going to make him the evil villain. <laughs> he's just the tiniest boy. <laughs> 
Hopper shakes up some ammonia and gets it on in like a cotton ball, sticks it under his nose, and there's this great shot of him like gasping awake and his eyes are huge. They're like way darker than they were. That's another thing. Will's eyes are usually like kind of a hazel color, like light brown. They're not like green or anything, but they're like a greenish brown, like light brown usually, and um, like a hazel almost. And uh, with the mind flare taking over his eyes, it became very dark, like a like a chocolate brown. It's crazy. <laughs> they changed his eye color to it, and it's like they didn't even call attention to it, but like you feel the difference while you're watching it. You're like, something about him looks different. I didn't even realize that until I saw a meme about it on the internet, like, several months after I saw this. I'm like, that's what was different. I knew he looked different in the eyes somehow. <laughs> They're all kind of hanging out in the house worried about this, and Steve is, like, practicing, practicing his baseball swing. Max is like, if he finds out where we are when he sends those dogs after us, and Lucas is like, he won't find out. They're like sitting in the hallway against the wall. Why are they staying here even? Like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, Max is like, if he does find out though, and Lucas is like, judgment day. Way to scare her to death, man. That's not <laughs> good. But I'm like, why are they all staying here? Like, shouldn't only the people that need to be here be here? Because, like, there's only a few people that are going to be out in the shed and the rest are going to be hanging out in the house. I would leave. I would be like, yeah, he can call him here, but only these people are going to be in danger. Like, there's people who are here unnecessarily. Like, Max, for one thing, especially. <laughs> like, she doesn't need to be here. What's she, what's she doing here? I'm not saying I want her to leave because I don't like her. I'm actually worried about her safety. It's like, she could get away safe. Like, several of these kids, at least take, like, Steve could take the kids somewhere else. And have Nancy stay there with Jonathan and Joyce and Hopper and maybe Mike. Because Mike's going to be out in the shed. Nancy's in the house with Steve watching the kids. But it's like, Mike's out in the shed. And I guess that means he's Will's best friend. He's, like, sticking by Will's side, like, so hardcore. But this is so freaking emotional. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, Will's eyes are super dark. And they have these bright lights on him. Because they're going to do this thing. He's confused. What is this? What is this? He's not even acting like himself, though. He's not acting like Will. His hair looks this? shiny. <laughs> Why am I tied up? Listen to how he sounds. Joyce is like, we just want to talk to you. We don't want to hurt you. Hopper's like, do you recognize this? Hey, we want to help you. But to do that, we have to understand how to kill it. Why am I tied up? 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 He's freaking out. He doesn't even sound like a human, and like all the lights are flickering, so it's like he's got some sort of telekinesis here. Hopper's like holding him. He doesn't even look. <laughs> he looks scary, like he looks freaking scary, and it's like the acting of Noah here is incredible, to be totally honest. Not just because he's being loud, but because he just really was just acting his little tiny heart out. <laughs> they got him in a hospital gown. Hopper's like holding on to him. His true papa is holding on to him. <laughs> okay. The acting of everybody in this scene is so incredible because Joyce is trying to be calm and she's just like, 
trying to be calm. Like, she's just forcing herself to be calm. And Mike looks, like, concerned and worried. Like, he's about to cry. And, like, Jonathan looks like he's already crying. You know, because it's, like, it's hard to watch. You know what I mean? Because they love Will. But he's not being Will right now. And then it's just really hard for all of them emotionally. Oh, gosh. This is hard. And Hopper's being, like, the dad and, like, the, you know, the dominating presence here of, like, holding him back and, like, you know, comforting him at the same time. Like, he's not being harsh or, or, like, aggressive with him, but Joyce is trying to stay calm and she's having this mom superpower of, like, being calm in the face of this, you know, and this is, like... (laughs) scary times, you know what I mean? And it's not like, you know, when she's trying to find Will in the Upside Down, he's right in front of her, but he's still not there. You know what I mean? And that has to be even more scary, because it's like, he's right in front of me, but he's still not there. How do you find him when he's sitting right in front of you? You know what I mean? (laughs) That's like, wow, you know. That has to be hard to deal with. But she's, like, got this superpower of, like, grief and mom superpower of, like, calmness going on and uh Jonathan's upset and he I think Jonathan would be the first crack of any of them to like feel sorry for him you know what I mean like let him go don't do this blah blah blah. I think he does later he's he's like oh no yeah like yeah later on not in this episode but the next one he's definitely um it's just hard for him you know what I mean he's in the ah I can see that but anyway so Will is just like, let me go, let me go, blah, blah, blah. And so they start in, and Hopper asks him if he remembers the uh, Mind Flayer drawing, and he's like, no. And it's like, but that's you. <laughs> that's what's, you know, it's like kind of confusing. It's like, why wouldn't you not? But he doesn't remember the drawing, I guess, but it's still like, kind of you should, because of other things, but whatever. Anyway, let's get back to it. She's like, you know what March 22nd is? It's your birthday. Joyce gets up in like a chair and starts talking to him. This is emotional, guys. <laughs> okay, I thought I was holding it together until I, I'm trying to talk about it. <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not gonna cry. <sighs> Winona here is killing me. <laughs> she said. <laughs> Joyce is like, for your eighth birthday, I got you a box of crayons <laughs> and 120 colors. And all your friends got you Star Wars toys. But all you wanted to do was draw with all your new colors. So you made a spaceship. And it wasn't from a movie. It was your ship. And she's like, you called it a rainbow ship. Because you used every color in the box. (laughs) And she says, and I took that to work. And I hung it up. I took it to Melville's and I hung it up. And I told everyone that came in, my son drew this. (laughs) And she's like, you were so embarrassed, but I was so proud. (laughs) I'm waving my hands at my face. I'm trying not to cry. (sighs) The fact that she, (laughs) gosh, she's such a good mom. Like, in such a unique way that you don't hardly see represented where she really knows him. (laughs) Like, the true him, and she really cares about, like... (laughs) his real deep self and it just really gets to me it just really gets to me she didn't hang it on the fridge 
at home to pretend to be proud of it. She really took it. She really was proud. She wasn't just trying to be proud to make him feel good. She actually was. And that is just so... Gosh, I'm... I thought I was doing okay watching it until I started trying to talk about it. Oh gosh, this is so emotional. It's so simple, but this is like... Gosh, these moments in this part are so, so emotional. And then Jonathan starts in on him. Oh my gosh. And Jonathan said, Do you remember the day that Dad left? We went out in the woods and we built Castle Byers just the way you drew it. So we're getting backstory of where that came from. And they built it on that day. And it's so emotional. And um, Jonathan says, It took so long because you were so bad at hammering. And him and Joyce chuckle. And it's so real. These people act like a real family here. Uh, just the acting is superb. The writing and the acting is so superb. This is so realistic. That's why it's so freaking emotional. This is like things, little things that happen in real life. You know, it's not all like, ugh. I'm just like, ugh. Oh, gosh. Jonathan says it rained that night, and uh, we got sick. We were sick for a week, but we just had to finish it. We had to. And then it kind of, the camera goes, like, zooms in on Will's fingers, and they're, like, twitching. Man, his eyes are so dark. And then Mike starts in. Like, these people are just trying to make me cry. Mike starts in and says, do you remember the first day that we met? Oh, Mike. He shakes his head and Mike's crying. It was, it was the first day. Oh, Mike says, do you, it was the first day of kindergarten and I was alone. I didn't have any friends. And I was so scared. And then I saw you on the swings and you were alone too. You were just swinging on by yourself. And, like, Mike is crying and Will looks like he's about to cry too. He's, like, tearing up just slightly, and it's so freaking, like, the acting and the stories that they're telling, I just, it's so freaking simple, but so freaking emotional. Oh, gosh. Anyway. <clears throat> Mike's like, so I walked up and I asked if you want to be my friend, and you said yes. You, you said yes. He says it twice, and he's like, it was the best thing I've ever done, and I just, it's so, it's coming from such a real place. That they're just like, it's like from their heart t telling him these things. And he's like, his lips quivering and he's like ready to cry and they're all crying. <sighs> Gosh. Okay. So he's like sniffling and crying. He, Will's like ready to cry. Joyce is like, we, Will, honey, please, if you're in there, just talk to us, please. And then he like almost cries and then he like stiffens up and like loses all emotion you know and he's just like let me go and they all look very disappointed but then hopper like notices out of the corner of his eye like will is patting with two fingers on the side of his chair because they've covered the chair also in cardboard so he doesn't recognize the chair which is smart um <clears throat> but he's like tapping on the side of the chair with two fingers like discreetly and hopper notices this and he's like hmm that's a <laughs> yeah that's something and, like, he remembers the pattern and goes inside and, like, writes it out as Morse code. And we'll get to that when I watch it. <laughs> Hopper's so freaking smart. Everybody in this show has to be super smart to pick up on these things. I love it. And they've been using Morse code, like, this whole time, like, him and Elle. So it's, like, on his mind. So that's creative that they've, like, dropped some Morse code on us for a while. So the, <laughs> Hopper writes out the Morse code and he's, like, Will's talking to us, just not with words. And he types it out and it says, here. And he's like, Will's still in there. 
he's he's talking to us just not with words so like they do this thing where they get the Jonathan runs and gets the uh, boom box and starts playing music which is awesome and then they have this Hopper holds the um, walkie talkie behind himself and codes into the house and like he like pushes the button on a walkie talkie so they get the message of that Will's tapping out inside and so they write out in Morse code and he's like <clears throat> telling them how to stop the Mind Flayer. And so, yeah, they're going to ask him, like, tell us how to stop the Mind Flayer. And then he taps it out on his fingers and Hopper pushes the button on the um, walkie-talkie. They receive that on the ins in inside the house on their walkie-talkie and they write it out in Morse code and then they figure out what he's saying to them. So, yeah. <clears throat> and in and, and the shed, they're playing music, but also, like, you know, telling Will these old sad stories about, well, not sad, but, like, talking about who he is as a person, you know, keeping him occupied, basically, so the real Will inside can tap out the message. So that's what's happening. So Joyce tells this sad story about how he gave this little girl a Tonka truck. She was crying, and she was sad, and she's like, I can't afford to buy you another one. He's like, but she's sad, Mommy. She should have it. She's like, I love you so much, and it's so freaking sad. But anyway... <clears throat> so they're getting the letters one by one and it says closed gate but as soon as they get the last letter the phone starts ringing and Will looks up and hears it and like he starts going into this like <laughs> I don't know fugue state where he's like searching his mind for where they're at you know what I mean and like directing the demodogs where they are blah 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 Dustin runs over to the phone and picks up and hangs up real quick and he's like shit shit <laughs> and like hangs it up and then it starts ringing again, so Nancy just pulls it out of the freaking wall. <laughs> She's so awesome. Max is like, do you think you heard that? And Steve's like, it's just a phone, it can be anywhere, right? But Will is like searching his uh, blah 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 blah, and he knows, he knows where they're at. And, and knows we're here. So Joyce gets a shot and sticks him with it but it's like y'all could leave now like he goes out but it's like they go back in the house but it's like y'all could just leave you know what i mean monsters are screeching in the distance and they know it's coming but it's like why don't y'all just go somewhere else he thinks you're he knows you're at joyce's house why don't you just go somewhere else i don't do they not have time i don't know but i'm like whoa <laughs> this is stressful <laughs> seeing this going down Hopper grabs a shotgun, checks to make sure it's loaded, takes his hey, hey, machine gun, and then takes them in the living room, and he tells the kids to get away from the windows, and then he holds the shotgun out to Jonathan. He's like, you know how to shoot this? And Nancy's like, I'll do. And Hopper just tosses it to her. He doesn't question it. Feminism out the wazoo. <laughs> Nobody here questions anything like that, because they are e equality up in this house. I love it. So Steve has his bat, Hopper has his machine gun, and Nancy has a rifle. And she, she's like, can you use this to Jonathan? And she's like, I can. <laughs> Lucas is standing there with his wrist rocket. Mike has a candlestick. <laughs> They're all... <clears throat> the dogs are coming. It looks like dinosaurs are rustling the weeds out there. <clears throat> They're all waiting to be attacked. The demodogs are snarling and growling, and they they hear a bunch of snarling and all this stuff. 
and they don't know what's going on because it's weird monster screeching keeping happening. And I knew what was happening, but come on. And the monster screeching stops, and then one of them flies through the window, and it lands on the floor, and they all scream, but it's dead. It's laying there dead. And Hopper goes over and kicks its head, and it's dead. And he's like, what in the heck is happening? Like, nobody knows what's happening out there, because they keep hearing monsters screeching, but none of them are making it into the house. So what's going on? <laughs> and the door creaks. It's dead. And the door lock opens on its own. And the chain lock slides off. And they're all holding their weapons up, getting ready to fire on this thing. And the door opens, and in steps some white tennis shoes. <laughs> or are they gray? Anyway, and some rolled up jeans with one sock over the jeans. And Hopper drops his weapon, and he looks in shock. And there's Eleven in her bitchin' outfit. She's just destroyed the demodogs outside and saved everybody. There's our girl. There's our girl! She saved the dag one day, and Mike has not seen her for 300 and some days, and he's, like, in tears already, and he's looking at her shocked, and she's, like, <clears throat> looking at him, and Steve's just standing there, like, um, <laughs> why is she dressed like that? <laughs> but her and Mike are just looking at each other, and Mike smiles, and he's, like, crying, and she smiles, and she's crying, and that's the end of the episode. Oh, my gosh. You guys finish this episode before Valentine's Day. <laughs> the music for this is amazing. And we made it to the finale. The finale is next. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Chapter 9, The Gate is next? Alright, but before that, tomorrow, I'm gonna at least start tomorrow on a podcast episode about... Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> tomorrow... Uh... I'm going to start recording, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow, and I'm going to start recording my podcast for Son-in-Law. That's my Valentine's podcast, is Son-in-Law. And so, <clears throat> I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be the thing, you know? So, um, what else do we have to say? I don't want to talk about much else in the world as far as, like, politics or anything like that. Um, I don't want to get into it. I watched the Super Bowl. It was fun to watch. Um, then, uh... So. I guess in memory of Bob. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Um... <clears throat> So, yeah, I watched the Super Bowl. It was pretty fun to watch. Some people were saying it's rigged because it's Taylor Swift, blah, 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 blah. That's stupid. But, like, <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't rigged because I think all of them usually are. I'm, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying, like, it just, you know, it always seems to follow some sort of, like, storyline. It seems scripted. Um, of course, it's going to, it just felt like it was going to go into overtime. You know what I mean? It just felt like it. <laughs> I don't know, but it was fun to watch. I haven't watched football in like years and I used to be a Patriots fan. Don't mad at me. Cause I'm, it's funny because I'm like not very, I'm not at all patriotic in real life. I did start watching football because I watched one Super Bowl, and me and my best friend were watching it and I was like, I'm just going to pick a team at random. So I picked the team with the hot guy on it. And that was Tom Brady. I did not know he was like the hot guy of football. I just randomly thought that, you know what I mean? I didn't know anything about him being popular or anything like that. 
or even I didn't know he was even good at football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't have any clue. So we figured out what was going on and we watched it and I just picked a random team at random because of a cute guy. And of course they were both like teams were at the Super Bowl, so they were good at the time. You know, I didn't really even think about that. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course they're going to be people who are good at football. I didn't jump on a bandwagon. I didn't even know the Patriots were like good. So, but I guess I should have figured they were pretty good since they were at the Super Bowl. <laughs> but um, I didn't know they would be like as good as they were, you know what I mean? Like, as getting that many Super Bowl wins, you know what I mean? But, um, <clears throat> I just picked them at random, just to be having fun, because it's more fun to watch football if you're cheering for a certain team, you know, and I just wanted to have fun. And I always liked watching football for fun, and, um, I don't think it's, I hate how football is deemed as, like, super important when it's really just a game where guys, like, fight over a ball, <laughs> and it's taken seriously, in this world because it's for boys because boys like it you know what I mean and it's not for boys I know but it's it's sexist to say it's just for boys but I'm just saying like now that girls are liking it now people are gonna not like it I, I just don't understand that like like okay like Stanley Cups pumpkin spice lattes anything that's for girls is like even shopping or astrology, people are like, that's ridiculous. That's that's mindless entertainment. That's stupid, blah, blah, blah. Anything girls like is seen as, like, stupid and frivolous. But, like, we make a whole entire, like, we take football so seriously as a society because guys like it. You know what I mean? And that's why. I mean, that is why. I know it's sexist to say just guys like football. Not just guys like football, but it is, like, seen as the more masculine thing. And so we take it seriously. You know what I mean? Just like MMA or whatever. Anything that's like four guys is like seen as like something that's serious when really it's ridiculous to like take seriously something where guys wear tights and like fight over a ball. And I'm not saying it's not fun to watch. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And it also helps a lot of disenfranchised people, especially marginalized people, because there are a lot of people who've gotten out of poverty by being good athletes, you know, and I appreciate that side of it. Um... <clears throat> See, I'm nuanced here. <laughs> but honestly, I try to be. I try to look at all angles of things. I'm glad that people can, like, be good at sports and, like, get out of poverty by being naturally talented at, at athletics. Because that helps a lot of disenfranchised people. And marginalized people, especially. So it's like, that's a good thing. But, like, <clears throat> and it's fun if, if we want to, like, pay them for entertainment. It's fun. I'm totally fine with it. But, like... What I don't like is people that take it so seriously because it's like guys like it. So it's very serious or hunting is taken seriously because guys like it or whatever. You know what I mean? But the minute like girls like something like pumpkin spice latte, it's like, oh, no, that's so stupid. And it's like it tastes good. Like, get over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not allowed to like anything. Like we're getting made fun of for liking anything. And I don't get Stanley Cups. I don't like them myself. I think it's like overhyped. And it's just, like, marketing, you know? But, like, so is everything else. So is football. So is everything else. It's not, a, like, specifically that thing is the only dumb thing. Everything is that way. Why is it this one that gets made fun of? Because women are doing it. That's what ticks me off. It's like, let them have their fun with their cups. Like, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, people can buy whatever kind of cup they want. You know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal. That's how marketing works. We all know that. Like... <clears throat> yeah sure it's a marketing scheme the only thing I get mad about is like um, and this is targeted towards women 
But, like, the only thing I get mad about is, like, MLMs or timeshares, which timeshares is not gender-specific, but, like, that's more age-specific. It's usually older people that get scammed by those. But, like, authors get scammed by Vanity Press, and then women, largely women, get scammed by MLMs, which are pyramid schemes. And so it's like, those tick me off. And if you try to invite me to join your MLM, I'm going to not be nice about it. I'm not going to be nice about it because that is just, you know, I, that is just severely annoying to me. And I know that the people doing it, like individuals, are victims of the scam, but like it still annoys me. Anyway, it's like most of them know. They're just trying to get them off their back and like bring you into it. And it's like, you're trying to bring me into a cult. I'm not going to be nice about it. But like, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> But yeah, I did enjoy watching the so Usher was amazing. He had um her on there, uh Alicia Keys, Ludacris, Lil John, and uh Jermaine Dupree. And it's just like, did Jermaine Dupree ever have one song where he wasn't just like in it, just kinda like saying stuff randomly? Like what? <laughs> I don't remember him ever like but whatever. He's a producer and he kinda gets in on songs, but like whatever. Um I have not just whatever but like I love Usher I've loved Usher since you know Usher came out and that makes me sound old but like I did love him back in the day which I was like a, in middle school when he first came out I was in well probably grade school when he first came out but <clears throat> I was in love with Usher when he first came out my way the video was really freaking cool if you think about it like he was it was kind of like a Warriors uh Clockwork Orange inspired thing and, um, not in a bad way, <laughs> Clockwork Orange is traumatizing, but, like, he had this, like, fun version of that, you know what I mean, where it was all about stealing your girlfriend or whatever, and it was Tyson, uh, Beckford, is that his last name? I know he goes by, no, 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 not Tyson, Tyrese, Tyrese, um, I'll, I don't know his last name, I don't know if I ever did, but we all know who Tyrese is. Or millennials all know who Tyrese is. Tyrese was like her boyfriend and he was dressed in all like blue camouflage and they looked neat and put together. But Usher's crew was like in clown makeup and like fun hats and stuff. And it was like a really cool looking video to be totally honest. And I just watched it like the other day because of, you know, him being at the Super Bowl. And I was like, he looks good. And like when I watch the video, I'm like, he looks like a child. <laughs> he looks so much younger. And not in a like way that he looks old now he just looked like a baby boy back then you know and I'm like uh I feel weird watching this because he looks like a teenager and I think he was pretty young but like <clears throat> he looks amazing he looks better now than he did then honestly but he looks good <laughs> he looks great like now you know he looks amazing he's 45 I had to look it up because I'm like he has to be like getting up there and um he's 45 and he looks freaking amazing <laughs> um Alicia looks amazing too. I'm just saying, she looks great. She is gorgeous and she did amazing and he did amazing and he's just all over the place, like rollerblading and all this stuff. People are like complaining about it because, well, some people who are like racist are complaining about it because they just always do that. Like, I don't get this kind of music, blah, 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 and whatever. And then mostly I've only seen men complain about it because they're like, uh, you know, Oh, you can't stand when a guy's, like, hot and, like, gets that attention because he's freaking amazingly hot and dances good. Okay, whatever. But whatever. <laughs> I thought I should look hot. 
And um, Patrick Mahomes looked good. He's a cutie. And um, yeah, like, I don't approve of the name of the football team. Or, like, their gestures, or, like, they came out to a song that's pretty offensive to Native Americans, but, like, they're not as bad as the other one that changed their name. Um, at least they're chiefs, you know, and not, like, a slur. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a little bit of an improvement, but, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, cancel them and I hate them and blah blah blah, but I'm saying, like, um, can we have not done that? Like, why do we do this? They're, they're not, it's not a character to put on. And especially with the gestures and the things. Can we not do that? <laughs> like, in the music and the blah, blah, blah. But anyway, running out of time here, and I'm really just rambling. Um, but I did, because of Taylor, I was... And Blake Lively was there. She was, like, the best part for me. I'm like, I love Blake Lively. She, Blake Lively was just, like, the highlight for me, because her hair looks so good. And I was just into her. I'm just, like, I just really like Blake Lively, you know? And she was just so fun, and I'm like, she would be a fun friend to have anywhere. Like, she just feels like she would be so fun. And she was just, like, having so much fun, and it was, she was fun to watch. And, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just like Blake Lovely. But, anyway, um, I, it was fun to watch. I watched it with my friends, and we were all screaming and having a good time. And I'm like, I haven't watched football and had fun with it for, like, a long time. So, like, yeah. I, if it was always this fun and it, it, people didn't politicize it, which they politicized it this time, but I'm ignoring all things conservative like forever now because I'm just making myself do that because it's for my mental health. I have to, I mean, I'm aware so that I can be aware, but like, I'm not like trying to, but I'm trying not to dwell on it or like think about it all the time. Cause that's bad for my mental health. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I had fun watching it. So, all right, that was The Mind Flayer. Uh, Stranger Things Season 2, Episode 8. Next is the finale, and it's called The Gate. And we're going to see what happens. Eleven just showed up. And um, in honor of Bob, the last quote, the, in the, my opening, not opening. See, I'm just frazzled. Okay. <laughs> the closing line of this podcast episode is going to be a quote from the show. I always try to do that, even though I always mess it up. Because I'll say more after it. <laughs> I'm bad at this. But anyway. In honor of Bob. It's going to be okay. Remember. Bob Newby. Superhero. <laughs>